everyone is, but yeah. Straw hat guy. Did he? Yes. Straw hat he's goofy? Like, yeah, he's like, oh, um, no one gets the uh, metaphor. Like, it, like, how is no one getting this metaphor? It's, it's very obvious because you have to think about why it's there, and that's the only conceivable reason. Well, people... You know, don't the they don't think deeper and they take it at surface value and are confused when they don't explain it. But we should know this by now that you know Jordan Peele's movies have a deeper, much deeper meaning. Being on this podcast has made me aggressively critically think through so many movies. <laughs> at this point, I, I can't not see all the metaphors. There's some movies where it didn't even occur to me. And then I'll be like, oh, so this is a metaphor. It is a metaphor. Oh, God, because this scene happened and then that happened. And if you look at that, that's why this is all happening, because it's a metaphor. I'm like, oh, God, I can't stop doing it. You're welcome. Yeah, well, you're welcome, because it helps me explain the mo- the parts of the movie where you're like, I don't get the hell what the hell that was for. And apparently I'm just over here figuring the shit out. I mean, uh, during the movie, I was like, okay, I guess they're going to explain that. But once you see, you know, that guy's character and what he does in the movie, I kind of had an idea of what of what it was. But then when you said it, I was like, that's what I was trying to, t-, you know, like, that's what I was trying to think of, but I couldn't. You know, put it into words. And then he said it, and I was like, that's why they did that. Got Me it. trying to help you get more on board with the metaphors, especially when it's like a female message, because obviously female. Yeah, not a not a female. Yeah. Um, it's really <laughs> made me like analyze movies and think about the metaphor. That's why when we were talking about men and at first we were like, oh, I get the metaphor. And then the more you think you're better, like that was a ham fisted metaphor. Yeah. That metaphor didn't work. They kind of forgot what they were doing midway through. Like well, now I just think about those things. We can all agree too that you are the smartest person on the podcast. I mean, it's not it's not uh new information. I even when I'm you know, when I talk to Corey about the podcast, he's like, you know, Gabby is you know, we talk about how like, yeah, she's the you're the brains of this entire podcast. Said that, uh that's what I'm using my yeah. college degree. <laughs> Fucking I ain't uh, using it for anything else. Corey is the comic relief and a random facts guy, and then Spencer just knows everything you could ever possibly want to know about movies. And I'm just here, so yeah, I have lots <laughs> of movie trivia, just not horror specific. No, you have lots of movie trivia, and like I said, you're the smartest person, so you'll figure something out that we probably won't, and you can remember a movie like you fucking are watching it and telling me about it. The good news is, it's the first movie we watched, the one I'm talking about. I've seen. So many times. And I've seen uh, both of them one time. So uh, without further ado, we'll get back to uh, Jordan Peele's Nope in just a second. This is episode 150. We have a... Hit a button. Just pick one. Okay. um... (laughs) Wow. What a horrendous pick for the 150th episode. I guess that's better. Anyways. uh, (laughs) so bad cut that out uh probably not no, but maybe leave that, leave that uh, shit in there this is episode 150 we have a massive episode today i say that but really uh me and you are doing two movies and then um we're planning to uh record our episode in a couple of days but i should be joined by my buddy michael Vyers to do something separate but also related to what we're doing um yeah so today's tuesday that we're recording and then me and him are supposed to record thursday so that is still most likely happening. Um, so yeah, we're doing, like I said, we're doing two movies. Me and you are going to do Dracula 2000 and Dracula 3000 because we hate ourselves. And we figured for um, 
and you know a, a, like a monumentous episode like 150 monumental monumentous episode uh for 150 we decided to do something fun and different so i'm gonna take a movie you're gonna take a movie we're gonna review them talk about how good slash bad they were mostly bad um and do the normal thing that we would <laughs> what what's go what happened I like that you mushed monumental and momentous <laughs> into monumentous. Monumentous event. It's I make, both. I make up words all the time, like legitimately. It's literally and legitimately mashed into one. Terrible. What? Anyway, so yeah, we're going to have fun this episode. Um, we're pretty much going to get right into it because we have to do two movies. And we haven't done two movies in like, you know, since last year. Uh, but I do want to go back to, oh, oh, I'm, I'm your host, by the way, Austin Proctor. And that is your other, uh, host, Gabrielle Proctor. Who? Who? What? What? Okay. <laughs> Say hello or something. Hello or something. I knew that was going to happen. Uh, so we were talking about Nope and some metaphors about what was going on with the chimp in that movie, Gordy. So why don't you go ahead and tell everybody what that metaphor is. If you have seen it, even if you haven't seen it, it's not a spoiler, but it will help you going into the movie knowing what this metaphor is supposed to be. So it's going to benefit you no matter if you've seen it or not. So take it away. Okay, well, you if you've seen the trailer, if you know about the movie, you've most likely seen the trailer. You know this is about aliens. Um, so one of the characters, it it's an opening sequence about... Um, revolving around a show, a sitcom where one of the main cast members, much in the uh, thread of like Alf, yeah. except it was a live animal and it was a <laughs> chimp. And it's, a, uh, they show an incident that happened where the chimp. Um, oh, hey, stop. Someone rang our doorbell. This is not the time. Who is it? Um, I don't know. It's someone. Let's just not answer because. We're doing a podcast. Sorry, dude, at the door. Come back later. Uh, anyways, go ahead. So um, the chimp. Gordy. Gordy. Uh, loses control. Goes crazy. Attacks. You see him covered in blood. You see the feet of somebody off in the dis- er, off to the side um, that he's clearly attacked. And um, it's really like... There are more scenes with him kind of explaining one of the characters' experiences with that and how he interacted with the uh, chimp versus everybody else and how his interaction was more um, the chimp's training and less about... Did the guy leave? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And less about, um, you know, him losing it. So, like, this guy has this whole idea in his head that he has made a connection with a wild animal and it plays into the whole film about uh, the aliens and how, um, you know, the main characters are trying to film, get get these aliens on film. And the, the whole chimp thing is literally just a metaphor for um, believing you can control something that's completely wild and you really have no communication with and you really can never understand or tame. Yeah, because that's what the chimp is about. It's literally just showing you a real world example because we have so many of people who are so stupid and interact with wild animals. Even trained wild animals are always unpredictable. Wild animals. Yeah. If you've seen um what the hell was that damn tiger show? Tiger King? Thank you. Lies, deceit, and deception or something. Tiger King, you know 
He was around tigers most of his life, and he still got attacked from time to time. Like, it it happens. So the people who think you can totally just have fun reactions. I even saw something recently where people were putting their toddler on a sea lion, Mm. a wild sea lion out in the wild, like just on a beach to get a photo. And they are, and then it started to get upset because they put something on it and they are so lucky that, um, that kid didn't get killed because sea lions will attack you. I mean, yeah, they're wild animals. Yeah. So, that's that's the whole metaphor. If you don't get the monkey thing, it's it's literally just a metaphor for uh, thinking that you can tame something and commercialize it when you really can't. Yeah, because uh, they they go into it about how something can just make an animal snap for no reason. You know, there's rules out in the animals wild. Animals get startled. Yeah, animals get startled. They can get triggered. They can snap. Uh, so it's just that you know you cannot control things. Because they ha- they might have rules that, you know, you're not aware about. And if, you know what I mean? So it's just like, it's a whole thing. So it makes sense. But so like yeah. I said, if you've seen it and it didn't make sense, now it should. And if you haven't seen it, now you know that going in. Because I know that's kind of a point of, not contention, but like um, a breakdown of what people are understanding is that whole metaphor. Which, yeah, like I said, if you didn't f- put it into words for me, I would have still been like, ah, I, I know... I know what I'm trying to think of. I just can't form it um, into words. So, well, they did a nice job by keeping it like keeping it to something that um, you could digest and understand because it's something that has really happened, mm-hmm. um, or like incidents like that have happened uh, with wild animals. But um, they didn't make it like super on the nose. They didn't explain it out for you. You pretty much have to. Like, follow the trail. They left you the breadcrumbs. You got to follow them along. Cause, um, and I, I appreciate that because sometimes, again, they will, uh, some directors just don't know how to do a metaphor and not just be like, it's a metaphor. Did you get it? Yeah. So, but other, you know, on, uh, nope. I thought that was a great movie, by the way. Yeah, that's my favorite, uh, peel th- uh, thing so far because we've had Get Out Us and this. Uh, I know some people are confused because they think he directed Candyman, but he did not. He helped write and produce it, but Nia DaCosta did Candyman. So of the movies he's directed, the three movies he's directed, this is by like leaps and bounds my favorite. If that's even a fucking expression, I don't think it is. Uh, by far is my favorite. Again, though, I do want to rewatch the other two, and we will be doing them soon, actually, on the show, because I want to rewatch them. Because I've only watched them both once, Us and Get Out. I've only seen them once, and I wasn't a fan of them, so I think I need to go and retry it. And uh, Because, yeah, this was fantastic. By far my favorite of his movies. Yeah, I, I'd yeah. like to rewatch them, too. I liked Us. I remember liking Us when it came out. I mean, yeah, I gave but it like a three, I think. But For me, those, like, I got distracted by the, you gotta see this movie, you know? Um and not really focusing on the deeper meanings behind it. Not that yeah. I didn't read them later. So I really do want to watch it to really like absorb the the idea behind the film. So, yeah. Nope. Check it out for sure. Um, let's see. I don't know. I'm, I am lost my momentum there because now I'm trying to gain okay, it back. Now we're going to go on to stuff that's coming out soon. All right, fine. We're going to go out to stuff that's coming out soon. Me and uh, Michael will go over stuff that's coming out this weekend. But a couple things that I saw that were announced by multiple things. 
Well, the first one is called House of Darkness, and I saw a trailer for this a couple days ago, and I don't know how this slipped under the radar, but this is a comedy horror mystery thriller with Justin Long and Kate Kate Bosworth. And uh, oh yeah, I saw something about that. Yeah, so they star in this seductive thriller from director Neil Laboot, The Wicker Man, probably the remake, I assume, which wasn't not, not that good. Uh, driving home to her secluded estate after meeting at a local bar, a player out to score thinks his beautiful, mysterious date will be another casual hookup. While getting acquainted, their flirtation turns playful, sexy, and sinister. Hoping to get lucky, his luck may have just run out. So corny. But I think they're vampires or something. I don't know. It's got a weird vibe going on. But Justin me. Long? Fuck yeah. Are you kidding me? Well, you know I'm in if it's vampires. Just like I want to see the invitation because that's vampires. So I'm yeah. in. Yeah, so I think so. But yeah, uh, this is apparently coming out September 9th this year. We've got Kate Bosworth as Mina, Gia Crovaton as Lucy. Okay, yeah, so this is this is vampires. We've got Mina and Lucy. God, a- absolutely vampires. I love that now we have physical evidence that if you're making a vampire movie, the most appropriate thing you can do is to name one of your characters Lucy yeah. so you acknowledge that the book Dracula exists. exists. There's no other reason to do no. that except give them random Dracula character names just so you know that we know that Dracula exists. Yeah. There's so. like, oh, it's like a secret little knot. It's not. Um, That's really common information. Yeah, it's funny. We're going to talk about more Minas and Lucys later. There's so a lot of them. Ties into what we're doing today. Um, but yeah, so that looks interesting. I'm always down to see Justin Long do a horror movie, you know, Jeepers Creepers. Um, he also did, uh, oh good, Drag Me to Hell. And um, he did one the, uh, recently called The Wave. It wasn't really horror, but it was like kind of like a thriller sci-fi thing. So I'm always a fan of Justin Long, so that should be fun. September 9th. I don't know if that's going to theaters or if that's going straight to VOD. All I know is September 9th, so be on the lookout for that. Um, a movie called The Watcher, which is new for this year, is also coming to Shudder at some point soon. I believe this month or next month, so that's really cool. That has extremely high ratings on the... Uh, not, not socials. What am I trying to say? Letterboxd? Let's go with that. I don't um, know what you're trying to say. I don't know. The Watcher. Not from 2000. 2022. I don't know. Anyways. And then last but not least, apparently we're getting another VHS this year, which is weird because it's not on IMDb or Letterboxd. So, but it was announced by like Bloody Disgusting, Dread Central, all of the place where horror news comes from. Just no information on it. So I'm like, I don't know. Okay. But this one's going to be VHS 99. Maybe this will feel more like a fucking, you know, 90s vibes because I didn't get any from 94. That's what I was saying. Like, I'm like, it's not like, like I didn't like parts of it, but I felt like the, uh, the the wraparound thing didn't really. It just seemed like someone had an idea for a wraparound and they're like, oh, this is vaguely 90s ish. Good enough. Yeah, no, that was definitely the worst wraparound. Even I th- I'd even say virals was even better than that. At least that wraparound kind of made sense. This one just wasn't executed very well, but the fucking shorts are what I'm there for. And they were all, I thought they were all fantastic. So I kind of hope we just get more 90s vibes from this because and I did see a, a like a still from one of the, um, what? Nothing. Go ahead. Oh, you're just looking at me like I'm a weirdo. I saw one of the stills and it's like an old grandma lady with like 2000 glasses. So I'm thinking one of them is going to be taking place on like New Year's Eve going into the millennium. 
So that'd be pretty cool. But yeah, you got to give me like actual more 90s vibes because why say 94 if it's not going to feel like it's from 94? Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> While the wraparound isn't the most important part, if you're going to do one, do that shit right. Don't just phone it in on the wraparound because then that distracts from the uh, actual short film part, you know? Yeah, if, you, if they could have just done four shorts, honestly, and that probably would have been better. You know, but you know, yeah. what are you going to do? So that's coming out 1020 of this year, which is awesome. Um, I did not, like I said, I did not expect to A, get another one and B, have it be so soon and C, have it also be set in the 90s. So, yeah, nonetheless, we had a bunch of shit coming up. That's super exciting. Um, what else have we watched? That's horror movie wise. Besides, didn't we watch another one new for this year recently? Right. I feel like probably. I feel like we did because I remember adding it to my list. Oh, hatching. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's right there. Hatching. Holy shit. We just watched that one recently uh, because we had heard about that ages ago about, you know, remember when we did it at the beginning of the year for what's to come this year, we talked about how she's going to how she was going to hatch it and stuff like that. We were not right on that. Um well, we kind of were right with one of ours, but she did not actually have to incubate it. She like put it in a teddy bear somehow. That's technically like incubating. I mean, I, like I said, she was a gymnast and I thought they were going to bring that into it. And, you know, she was flexible. So she like sat on it. I don't know. But no, that did not come into play at all. No, the whole thing was a metaphor. <laughs> it was. Um, I think it was a metaphor. I, It was a little hard to like properly verbalize the metaphor. Uh, but it appeared to be some sort of metaphor for um, the consequences of how you raise your children, mm-hmm. especially when you raise them in a um, dysfunctional family. Yeah, when you uh, strive for perfection and your kids can't... Asking for perfection from children is um, completely unreasonable. Don't perfection from anybody, but especially especially children. But like, don't I can't. I'm not perfect. No one's ever perfect. So like, what the fuck, man? That's the one thing I love about the yoga class. Well, I mean, I like other things about our yoga classes, but is the fact that almost every class she says it's a practice, not a perfect. And it's nice to reinforce that idea that really you shouldn't be aiming for perfection. You should be aiming for doing your best and um, do. Yeah. Doing your best, (laughs) doing your best, not doing someone else's idea of your best. Yeah. And um, the whole thing seems to be because the movie is like around a, um, a mom who's like a uh, social media mom and look how perfect our lives are. But really when you get into it, um, one kid spoiled the other uh feel or feels like the need to be perfect and is struggling to even have connections with kids her own age because of um the way she is uh raised by her mom like the level she is expected to achieve like her father's just absent and um yeah like that that whole thing is like um a crazy metaphor for uh not being able to achieve that and the consequences of putting that on your kids yeah, and they have some wild imagery in that movie. They did some crazy shit, love. Some crazy shit. Really solid resolution too. I kind of, I kind of like saw it coming, but not in that way. I knew, I knew what had to happen. I just didn't know how they were gonna get there. But it was fucking crazy. Uh, that's a movie I definitely want to watch again because I feel like the first time was too. I was, to, I was so taken back by like, whoa, <laughs> this is a crazy movie to like actually further appreciate it. But uh, it's definitely something I'd recommend. 
Um, you can rent it on Amazon. And apparently now you can watch it on Hulu. I told you. Yeah. it was When I went to check it that one day, it said not available. So weird. And then someone said, oh, it's streaming on Hulu a couple of days ago. And I looked and I was like, motherfucker. So it's on Hulu now. It's like after a, you forced me to spend money on it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't force you. I said, if we're going to watch it, you're going to spend the money because you told me it was on Hulu and it's not. And it was. It's Apparently. not my fault. They m- messed it up one day. So that's a definitely a good one that we'll recommend. Um, but we should probably get into these movies because, like I said, we've got two to talk about and I've got to do another segment with Mike. So okay. you ready to do this? All right. Wait, are we now? What? <laughs> I thought I was going, and then you started well, talking. I'm going to read this. Oh, right. I'm going to read the stuff. So we'll start with, so we watched them. Uh, we knew which one was going to be worse, obviously, Dracula 3000. So we watched them in that order. We did Dracula 3000 and then 2000. But we're going to review them in order from 2000 to 3000, you know? Yes. Yeah. So let's start with Dracula 2000 from... 2000 oddly enough crazy i know released on december 22nd of that year in the u.s fucking merry christmas to you and this mediocre movie i like this movie <laughs> i mean honestly it's more of a guilty pleasure than anything uh, like, yeah it's so weird i, it's I love weird. putting it on so rated r for mild sex and nudity severe violence and gore moderate profanity 16 fucks no alcohol drugs and smoking and severe frightening and intense scenes this has a runtime of an hour and 39 minutes listed as an action fantasy horror thriller. Fucking quadruple threat right there. Directed by Patrick Lucier, who has 13 directing credits. Also did Dracula 2 Ascension, which is the double feature that came with Dracula 2000. And I was wondering why. This is why, because he directed both of them. And then Dracula 3 Legacy, as well as White Noise 2 The Light. Yeah, and then two awesome movies, My Bloody Valentine, the remake, Flesh and Blood on Hulu, The End of the Dark series, and Trick, which I haven't seen, but it's got like kind of meh ratings. So Just took it took a downward turn. Yeah. So and then it was written by a man named Joel Soison, who did the story and screenplay. He has twenty five writing credits, also did Mimic Two. Dracula 2 Ascension, Dracula 3 Legacy, Hollow Man 2, Children of There's a the, film that needed a sequel. Children of the Corn Genesis and Piranha 3 Double D. I will only do sequels. I will only do sequels and really, 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 those are all god-awful sequels. I'm sorry, Joel Soyson. Those are all just... So we just kind of have to comfortably assume this was his best writing? Yeah. Which I gotta say, like, I didn't hate uh, the writing in this one, so... Yeah, uh, no, it's the writing wasn't terrible, and I'm sure I'm sure that you know the writing might not be bad in those movies. I'm just saying the overall quality of, mo- of most of those are not great. Um, but you know, I can't say anything on the writing aspect because I haven't you know yeah I haven't seen the most of those in a long time. I haven't seen Dracula three or I didn't even know Hollow Man two existed. Um, but you know, I I can't imagine they're great because uh, I've seen the ratings on two of those. Then we've got Patrick Lussier, uh, the director as well. He did Story, six writing credits, Dracula 2 Ascension, Dracula 3 Legacy, Go Figure, Terminator Genesis, and Trick. Isn't Genesis the most recent one with that crazy weird lady with the bowl cut? Oh, fuck if I can keep track. I know. I, I can't keep track after three. When you I, give them names like that, not numbers, I have no idea. I don't even remember what three is. I know it's Terminator, then Terminator 2 Judgment Day, and then Terminator 3, what like Rise of the Machines or something like that. And that's all my knowledge. Salvation's in there somewhere. Then there's Salvation, another one. Genesis. Gen- I don't know uh, what order they go in. You know, 
Yeah, I think there's one more too. There's, I don't know. There's some other yeah. ones. Um, Terminator, too fast to no. terminating. <laughs> T2, fast to no. Terminate. Still ter- terminating. Terminator 3, still still terminating. The Terminatrix. Terminator 4, I'll be back. <laughs> Anyways, composed by Marco Beltrami, 142 composer credits. Also did this, and this is where it gets interesting. Also did Scream 1 through 4, Mimic, The Faculty, Resident Evil, Blade 2, Hellboy, Cursed, Red Eye, Underworld Evolution, The Eye, The Thing 2011, Warm Body, Snowpiercer, The Shallows, A Quiet Place 1 and 2, Velvet Buzzsaw, and Fear Street 1 through 3. Clearly, this is where I got sucked in since they named some of my favorite uh, horror movies right there. I know. That, that's why that, That's why this movie sounded so good. I was wondering, like, this movie's got a great score. Oh, that's fucking why. Yeah. He's done nothing but goddamn amazing movies. I can't think of one movie in there that I'm like, meh. Yeah. Um, and he also worked that a lot. That man knows how to compose. He also worked a lot with Wes Craven because I named quite a few of Wes's movies. Also, it is Wes's birthday today. He would have been 83, I believe. So shout out to Wes Craven and all the shit he did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cinematography by Peter, not Pan. That's Peter Powell. Uh, 49 cinematographer credits. Also did Bride of uh, Chucky, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Shoot Him Up. That's pretty tight. And let's get to the cast here. We have Gerard Butler, who's completely unrecognizable to me as Dracula, probably because he's so young. So young, uh, completely fre- uh, like shaved, uh, has that long hair. Crazy long hair. Beautiful, majestic yeah, hair. Gorgeous hair. So he plays Dracula, 70 acting credits, which is uh, surprising. I thought, I honestly thought he'd have more than that. But he's been in things that, you know, like 300 is King Leonidas. Law-abiding citizen as Clyde Shelton and How to Train Your Dragon movies as Stoic. 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 And we've got Christopher Plummer, that man, as Abraham Van Helsing, 217 acting credits. Also in The Sound of Music is Captain George Van Tra- Von Trapp, A Beautiful Mind as Dr. Rosen, and Remember as Zev Gutman, which is a super, super underrated A24 movie. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yes, very good. Johnny Lee Miller as Simon Shepard, 57 acting credits. Also in Hackers as Dade, Aeon Flux as Oren Goodchild, and Dexter Jordan as, uh, or sorry, <laughs> and Dexter yeah. as Jordan Slow Chase, down. season five. Uh, I knew I recognized him from something. He's a baby. Oh, so when it's your actors, you can put in, when it's your shows, you can put them in. What I say, put them in for this show. You don't do it. Yes, I do. Really? I started doing that again. Because I did it for a while, and then I stopped, and you were like, oh, so I started doing it Because that bitch from Rain was in that one Halloween movie yeah. we watched, and you did not put her on there They've for been, that. Okay, well, you know, all right. God. And, and from, yeah, so Jordan Chase from season five of Dexter. I was like, oh, my God, I know this guy. And he's also apparently British in real life, which threw me off. Yeah, because he's also in elementary. He has uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, so that was weird seeing him as a baby. We've got Justin Waddle or w- Waddell as Mary. Justine. Justine. Sorry. Jesus. Waddle. It's Mary Heller Van Helsing. 17 acting credits. Um, nothing that I've heard of, but most known for Target as Zoe. The Fall as Evelyn, Nurse Evelyn and Chaos as Detective Teddy Galloway. The Fall is that movie I want you to see because it's the same director that did The Cell. So it's mm. a lot of visuals and it's mm. her and Lee Pace. Mm. Gotcha. And Lee Pace is... You that know, Ro- Ronin from Guardians of the Galaxy. That one guy. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I really want you to watch that. That's a really good one. Okay. Uh, Vitamin C, which is a random uh, singer singer uh, from the 90s, 2000s. As Lucy Westerman, 
who has 26 acting credits, also in Hairspray as Amber Von Tussle and some other random small roles like The Naked Gun 2 and a half and Scary Movie 2, last but absolutely certainly not least, what? Could you say stuff faster so I can't say anything in between? Go ahead. I was going to say what uh, Vitamin C is um, best known for her song, uh, Graduation, Friends Forever. Um, but she was like a one-hit wonder. She was in this, and she was randomly in the movie Get Over It. And mm. the, like, yeah, she just randomly shows up in films. Yeah, she do. And then she also stood in front of her own records at uh, Virgin in the movie. Virgin Records. Virgin just Records. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of funny. That was hilarious. And last but certainly not least, Jennifer Esposito as Selena, 68 acting credits. Uh, also, and I still know what you did last summer as Nancy, the master of disguise as Jennifer Baker and Crash as Rio. Not the David Cronenberg one, the other weird one. Yeah. Yeah. This had an estimated budget of $54 million, bringing in 47.1, so definitely not that great. But hey, you almost made your money back. Filmed in Toronto and, I don't think that's right, Toronto and Orano, Ontario, Canada, and then New Orleans, Louisiana, and London, England. You can watch this on Paramount Plus, or $3.99 rental, or $12.99 purchase on Amazon, and movies that came out around the same time. 101 Dalmatians, I guess that would be the live yes, that's, action. Yes, that's live action one. I think that uh, cartoon one was like the 60s or something. Are you double checking? It's absolutely the live action. Move on. No, I'm not double checking that. I was going to pull out my list for the specific horror moments. Oh. 101 Dalmatians, Unbreakable, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Vertical Limit. Classic. <laughs> that is a classic. Chocolat. Uh, the Emperor's New Groove, Dude Where's My Car, The Gift, Castaway, Miss Congeniality, and Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Shit, I've seen all of those. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. Except I've only seen parts of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, because I didn't get on that train, mostly because I was 10. I never saw that one either. Yeah, mostly probably because I, I was 10. I've seen House of Flying Daggers. I like that one. Um, I feel like I'd get more of it now. I feel like those deserve us, uh, give us a chance to watch those and really see if we know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, but I've seen the rest of them. Yeah, same. Uh, except for Chocolat. Uh, specific horror moments. What did you have for that? Oh, boy. There's Ooh, so boy. many to pick from, but There's... I really, uh, I think you're, the one that you picked, I'm assuming it's the one you picked is the same as mine. I don't know. Is the, the eye thing. Which eye? The... The what, what, there was a couple. Oh my god, things. the bit with the leech. Yeah, just say it. Yeah, there's a bit where one of the uh, characters get uh, is trying to brilliantly pry a leech off of a uh, body in um, with a crowbar, and then it basically smacks him right in the face and immediately attaches. We're not going to think about how that physics doesn't work out um, because that was super fun to watch him just be like, ah, shit, and then he has to like pull it off. Yeah, same. Uh, favorite kill. Ooh. I just probably should write these down, you know, before you... Uh... Well, you usually say yours first. You don't just All right, go... fine, fine, fine. I'll say mine first. God. Mine was the beheading into the trash can. It was, like, so perfect. You're just like, Kobe nailed it. Like, wow. Yeah, that was a good one. That uh, was great. I liked when uh, What's-Her-Face died with the uh, hedge... Uh, with the um, shears, the garden Another shears. Another beheading, yeah. There was a lot of beheadings. There was, like, them. three... Um, right into the trash can. I really enjoyed yeet. that because she was just like, it was um, a moment where it was a character and the 
girl he had a crush on and he, she's like trying to kill him and he and he's like i got the uh clippers around her neck and she's like simon i really think that he's like you better make this good whatever you're about to say and then snip snip snap yeah good times okay so you oh you just did it sorry Random, or sorry, favorite character, my favorite character was the random Nathan Fillion cameo. That was awesome. Came out of nowhere. I was like, hey, he's a priest in this. Cool. That was my favorite character. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, I really think that I like the brides. Um, yeah. As, as a, like a group, because uh, they were all very weird, um, but cohesive. Um, so I, I just enjoyed them. That's fair. Um, your favorite let's see oh i have them differently here uh least favorite character i didn't really have a least favorite character i don't know i didn't really like just dislike anybody so i left that blank because i wasn't like ew fuck you you're the worst i can think of one actor that i don't like out of there but not a character okay um did you have a favorite line uh no but there this movie is riddled with gems oh yeah like cheesy gems um like when uh, vitamin C says you had him in your dreams every night and you didn't share like what? Yeah. My favorite one I wrote down. Well, I had one, but then I replaced it with this was when I, th I think Dracula was like, I was named after this person. She was like, I was named after the peanuts character. Lucy. Also a classic. I fucking lost my shit. That was, oh, it was so just goddamn perfect. Just the way she said it too with like her, you know, her pitch and everything. I was like, that's fucking beautiful. Um, yeah, that's part of the other reason I like the brides because they were just winging out the silliest lines. Yeah, they were um, pretty silly. Like one of them says something that sounds like I want to fuck, but what she says, she like it implies that that's what she's about to say. And then she says, I want to suck. <laughs> Jesus. Like, oh boy. Yeah, a lot of good cheesy lines. Um, IMDb summary real quick before she gets into this is a group of thieves breaks into a chamber expecting to find paintings, but instead they find, oh, they release the count himself who travels to New Orleans to find his nemesis's daughter, Mary Van Helsing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this film opens up, um, with the death of everyone on the ship. So you, if you know anything about Dracula, Dracula, um, leaves Transylvania, comes to England via the Demeter uh, really helped that both of these films felt compelled to remind us all of the names of Dracula related stuff because it really helps you remember it. Both um, movies had a Demeter in it. Yeah. Yep. So um, in the book, he's on the ship getting transported and then like the whole crew is dead by the end of it. So it opens up on that kind of thing and some very beautiful uh, singing, chanting, very gladiator-esque um, and it's a story about like him having killed all of these people on his way to England. You see him walking, um, down a road in England and kind of talking about how he's just been wandering alone, never finding his place, blah, 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 blah. Um, blah, blah, blah. and then it cuts over to Carfax Abbey where they have a man whose name is Van Helsing and he is the great, great, great grandson of the Van Helsing um, talking to his buddy Simon um, who is his like um, what did you call him like his protege let's of? go with that yeah uh, 
And they're kind of talking about this um, crossbow. And he's like, yeah, this thing is, I see why they didn't make many of this crossbow because like uh, this thing is way heavier and bulkier than what they were making in England at the time uh, because it's from somewhere in Eastern Europe. And um, he's like, oh yeah, because it wasn't meant for shooting wood. It was meant for shooting metal. And he's like, what? And then they get interrupted um, by Rita. Is it Rita? I don't know. You Let's should scroll up. You're you should, name. You should know this. I don't memorize every character's name. You Te- know that's not one of my terrible. skills. Terrible. There, I don't think there is a Rita. I don't know. Selena. There we go. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Um, Selena, and uh, she also works there. And they're just kind of signing off on papers. Uh, Simon attempts to hit on her some more, and she's like, "Nah, I don't date coworkers." And he goes, "You didn't have that rule last month." She's like. I made it for you. Like, yeah, you're the problem, buddy. Mm. But um, so then he leaves. And uh, while he leaves, uh, we see Van Helsing drawing blood out of leeches and injecting them into his arm, which is covered in track marks. Yeah. And uh, but you see his eyes turn red and his vision go clear. So you can tell something's up with him. And while this is happening, an unsuspecting police officer arrives at their antiquities. It's it's an antiquities like they're they're art dealers. Um, he arrives, talks to the security guards, and like, oh, I had I heard you had a security problem. And they're like, no. And he goes, you do now, and then tases that son of a bitch <laughs> right in the neck. Ow. Um, and then we get to go into a fun little heist scene. Uh, there are several many guys. Um, feel free to count them because I don't remember. There's some guys. There's a group of guys. And uh, they break into the uh, mainframe, mm. uh, type on the keyboard a lot to some very uh, key, like I'm breaking into a computer music. Um, which Very is- tooth, very matrixy. Which is hilarious because nothing else sounds like that. The rest of the film, they literally only do it for the computer scene. Like I said, it's very, very Matrix style when they're like walking into the bank or whatever and they have all those guns on them and they go through security. It's easily the worst part of the score because it's just like so out of place with the rest of the music. And you're like, why? Yeah. Oh, because they're on a computer. Of course. Well, you can thank Marco Beltrami for that because he killed it. Yeah, he really got into it. Yeah, he did. Uh, so they break into what is a giant safe downstairs, which leads into a series of creepy tunnels. Then Selena uh, wanders her happy ass down the stairs, notices things seem a little weird, goes down there, um, finds the guys. Oh, shit. She's in on the heist. Bum, bum, bum. And good God, she is mean. <laughs> like, she is just bossy as shit. And I appreciate the, uh, I'm not going to be pushed around. I know my shit attitude. But damn, she is mean. Yeah, it um, happens. I don't hate it, though. <laughs> uh, so they break in there. And, and there she's like, well, what did you find? And like, all we found was like candlesticks and books and trinkets and bullshit. And she's like, you don't build security like this to hide nothing. We are going to figure out what is here. And um, they finally get to a point where they get into a room with a big metal coffin. Mm. And they're like, everyone's like, what the fuck is this? They're really uncomfortable. They're really freaked out. They don't want to do anything. And they're like, no. 
the brilliant plan, which I still haven't worked out the logistics of how this makes sense and how they justify this. They're like, yeah, why would you uh, do all this creepy shit and hide all your money in a safe when you could hide it in a coffin? Like, sure. Yeah, let's go with that. It's metal as fuck. I would I, I would do that if I had that much money. I wouldn't need a safe. I'd just get a boss coffin and just hide all of my money in there. But considering that we know that grave robbing is a totally normal thing, especially in like places New Orleans where the graves are above ground. Yeah. Um, the fact that they're like, no one would actually break into a grave. False. Yeah, false. 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 Not, false not a great deterrent. No, but not they, really. So they get one of the guys to try to open the safe. He can't open it, but he does notice a seam. And that's when he tries to push the top, pushes the whole thing off the stand it's on, which leads to him being crushed from spikes from the ceiling and a trap door swinging down um, from the uh, where they came in the entrance that spikes another guy like head to back. All of really it. cool. It was really fun. Nice little booby came trap out of, sequence. Came out of nowhere. Gotta love a booby trap. Very Indiana Jones in my opinion. I mean, opinion. they should have seen that shit coming, though, based on everything else in there. I can't believe their first thought wasn't, are there booby traps? Because <laughs> that's what I would have they done. They just want I... the money. They're not They're not focused on that. Their minds are elsewhere. Yeah. Well, now they're down a few guys. Just a few. Yeah. Um, and they need to break out. They finally bust a hole through the wall into the tunnels. And they're like, oh, shit, we got to like, we got to go because security's going to be here. No way. No one heard that. Yeah. Van Helsing knows what's going on or figured out what's going he on. He heard the alarm or some shit yeah. going off. Yeah, triggered the alarm. So he go he gets a gun with a big metal rod bullet and starts chugging uh trekking down uh to the safe. And um two of the guys are like, We're gonna leave, fuck this. And <laughs> and Selena's like, the fuck you are. We're taking that coffin with us at gunpoint. Um, so I appreciate that uh boss bitch energy. Um Yeah. So then we cut over to uh they're on a plane um we're gonna get back to the plane in a second but in the meantime simon has come back he's talking to van helsing van helsing's giving him some bullshit about people robbed him of some stuff and he's like some worthless crap he's like well then why aren't we calling the cops he's like no i'm just gonna handle it myself and he's like what (laughs) Yeah, must be not important if you want to go take care of it yourself. Yeah, so Van Helsing is on the move to recover this coffin. Um, and in the meantime, we get flashes of a ma- a masked figure inside the coffin and a um and a girl and her screaming and him like it just flickers back and forth between them and we are introduced to Mary. Mary has apparently been having traumatizing dreams for years. Mm, yeah. Um, and Mary has is living in the house of her mother who has died, but used to uh, uproot her for ran- um, from place to place with no explanation, but uh, finally settled in New Orleans, where she also lives, again, in the house of her mother with her BFF, Lucy, vitamin C. And... Um, so they're just kind of having talks about like this this dream, why she keeps having it, and Lucy so thoughtfully and with all her feminist energy says, "Maybe you'd stop dreaming about this man if you were banging somebody." Like, okay. 
She's like, oh, maybe you wouldn't have such these kind of dreams if you actually had a man in your bed. Like, damn, Lucy. She so, real quick with the roasting. Right. Um, and I do like that they kind of mentioned that Mary at some point had a uh, more wild streak, but she since kind of like these dreams have kind of made her um, just kind of struggle more. So she's yeah. not like she used to be. And um, then they work at Virgin Records because I'm guessing Virgin Records Holy sponsored the film. Good God. I mean, seriously, was like, how much did they pay you to put like everything? There were three was, or four scenes set in the record store. It just like, felt like a, a huge plug for Virgin. And now people watching this movie now, you know, like younger kids, if they ever watch it, are like, what is what is that Virgin? Well, I don't even know who is that? Like, yeah, that used to be a place that used to be one at downtown Disney. That closed down a while ago because like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a bowling yeah. alley. Now. There used to be a huge one there. That's not any there anymore. Now they just strictly do cruises and airlines, I guess. Yeah. Travel. So, so weird. Yeah. I felt like a huge plug for Virgin Records. A hilariously <laughs> large plug. It's crazy. Um, So, yeah, they're doing that. They're working. We're back to the plane on the plane. They are still trying to figure out how the fuck to get into this. Um coffin and what we have really learned is there's only one way to get into a coffin and it's to try to wedge a crowbar into it which will immediately result in you slicing your hand open because that's a dumb plan yeah um <laughs> so one of the guys does that oh i should say that when while one of the guys bleeds uh in the booby trap sequence the blood disappears into the coffin oh yeah it gets like they I clearly did a reverse shot which looked cool yeah though. which looked cool they did some random reverse shots in this film yeah so it just went right into the little under the crucif or under the little cross yeah into the coffin and then again uh one of the guys cuts his hand uh trying to get it open and then the um blood it's goes fez in. from uh that 70s show it is not fez it is hide hide sorry that one yeah guy with the curly hair yes yes Danny Masterson. That guy. Uh, we don't like him anymore. No, I know. Um, so, yeah, they're like, okay, well, we can't get into this. And Selena is like, fucking figure it out. She's super, super helpful and Just supportive. Like, <laughs> She's li literally like, well, you're going to figure it out. He got stuff into it. He has to get stuff out of it. And uh, then they get left to their own devices for a bit. Um, two of the guys. One of them goes up to the front of the plane to speak to everybody else because it's a cargo plane where there's a door and then there are seats in the front. So at this point, Danny Masterson's character is the only one back there with the coffin. Uh, he can't get into it. He's getting annoyed. He kind of sits down and he notices um, there's some smoke rolling out, which weirdly enough, he does not seem to notice right away, even though there's a lot of it, like someone shooting a bunch of smoke machines mm -hmm. through the coffin. Um, so that that was aggressive. Uh, so then he... Uh, Turns around, finally, notices the smoke and um, notices there's some smoke coming out of one of the crosses. Then he decides to try to turn it, which, again, I think this is weird because that's one of the first things I would have tried. The four metal bits on the top. Wonder if those turn. Nobody thought to try that. Um, Not everyone's freaking Gabrielle Proctor. All right. God. That's for damn sure. <laughs> so he gets it open. It's Filled with smoke as well. And then he starts noticing the leeches. Dracula this been hotboxing. <laughs> this is where he gets leeched in the face. And um, while he's in the middle of that, um, 
he stupidly removes a cross he sees in there because it's a body covered in leeches with a metal mask on it. He removes a cross and then the body shoots up and eats him in the face. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Some like not too bad CG, you know, like some pretty decently okay CG. Uh, better than the pretty other one. Well, so. <laughs> better than uh, 3000, which we'll get to. Oh, boy. Um, so then they, uh, one of the other guys goes back for him. He gets got, uh, and then, uh, Dracula, uh, makes his way to the front of the plane where he opens the door and dramatically the oldness whooshes off of him like a puff of smoke. And suddenly he's not old guy. He's Gerard Butler. He's gorgeous guy. You're just like, damn, that was fast to attractive. Um, it's pretty cool though. Yeah. Well, we talked about it though. This was, it was. Kind of different, though, because a lot of Dracula films, they don't really put much energy into making him look sexy or attractive. They just kind of make him look otherworldly Mm. or Nailed it for this one. Like, this was like a modern-day setting. You slap him in modern-day setting, he's still attractive. Not, oh, if this were 1940, he'd be attractive. 1950. Yeah. So, um... It's a plane. Oh. So... It's a bird. It's a plane. Speaking of planes, uh, he bites Selena, bites her boyfriend, who's one of the guys, and then uh, the plane goes kablooey. Well, it crashes into a swamp. And Not uh, really kablooey, more like a swampy. Which this news story is exactly how Van Helsing figures out that he's got to go to uh, New Orleans, and it's a town next to New Orleans that this plane has crashed. Convenient. Um, and while the plane is crashing, there is a really cool moment where Mary has kind of connected with Dracula, like they're seeing each other. Very much like uh, Last Jedi, where Kylo Ren and Rey have that like force talk thing. Yeah. And I said, I bet you that they probably got that from this, because that was very reminiscent of what happened in this movie. Yeah. So, um, and it's only broken when her uh, roommate Lucy walks in, um, and there's a really fun shot of her walking through Dracula. And again, puff of smoke, he yeah. disappears. That was a really cool. That's what I'm saying, though. That 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 was actually a really good uh, example of like some CG that was pretty cool for you know 2004. Because back in the day, they would have just had yeah. to walk through a really sad CG version of him or yeah. something. And it was really it's done really well. So there's a lot of good elements to this movie. You know what I mean? As silly as it was, there was still a lot of good. A lot of good in they it. They took it seriously, but not too seriously yeah they just played it straight you know what i mean they did they came there they did their job they weren't trying to overdo it or lean too hard into it much unlike the other movie we'll talk about which is good because even when they said their funny lines they were still playing it straight so it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like a groan it was just like god they can't believe they said something that yeah it's just like it's like dad jokes you're like it's funny but it's like so stupid yeah so anyway i'm gonna speed this up a little bit yeah Mary's having some problems with this. She even goes to, uh, she, she books out of work at one point. She, I mean, um, she's struggling. She even goes to church where she sees Nathan Fillion, who is her priest, um, samesies, uh, and tries to talk to him, tries to see if maybe he can tell her what her mom used to talk about in confession to maybe put some pieces together because she wants to know why exactly she kept getting moved around because she feels like this connects to her dad and her mom. Van Helsing and Simon, who can't listen to directions when he was told to stay back, <laughs> Simon uh, 
follows Van Helsing um, to the town hall where all the bodies from the plane crash are being kept. Um, while those are being kept there, uh, they get into a um, altercation with all the uh, undead people in there, mm. uh, resulting in them having to leave because they couldn't get them all. Uh, they only got one of the guys and Selena getting captured by the police. Um, we also have a news reporter who is recording or uh, doing a newscast at the scene of the plane crash who uh, Dracula politely um, turns after she's done. he's done murderating the cameraman, which I really like that shot when the camera is on her and she her neck just kind of pulls to the side and her neck starts bleeding and then he opens his eyes and sees Dracula because mm-hmm. you can't pick him up on camera. That to me was always a really cool shot. Or a... Uh, way they did that like the uh, camera remember because dracula wasn't picked up on the camera oh yeah and i remember asking you about that i was like wait a second so that doesn't make sense they can't be picked up on cameras i'm like how does what we do in the shadows work and i guess you know you said that the just different lore and it's like i love how different the vampires can be but it's just not consistent enough for me because everything's different in every universe so i i'm taking rules i know in other universes and i'm like oh that's right this is different in this one so it's always fucking hard to keep up with vampires but that's what's fun for me because no um, i agree because you never know quite what you're going to get with a vampire movie, which is probably why I enjoy them so much. There's always a lot of room to work. Um, but you have to just kind of be expected to roll with it. Like, like that one, like, okay, you can't see him in cameras, but you know, so I was like, okay, you know, you have to just be like, you have to like adapt to every situation with vampires. Like, okay. in this universe, this is like this. So yeah, it gets kind of frustrating, but it, it is pretty cool that they can do, you know, whatever you want. Yeah. So at this point, Selena has been in jail or is now in jail getting interrogated. Um, Dracula's kind of wandering around New Orleans, like totally mesmerized by everything because he's been trapped for hundreds of years. So all of this stuff is shiny and new and interesting. Fuck yeah, it is. And um, he goes and breaks Selena out, which was super fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, he is now on the hunt for Mary. Van Helsing and Simon are on the hunt for Mary. Basically, everyone's looking for Mary, and Mary's had a freak out at work, and she's left. Mm. Um, he goes to her work to find her. She's not there, but a roommate Lucy is. Bum, bum, bum. Lucy, who, like every other girl in the Virgin Records store, immediately like turns around and is like heaving over, like uh, just like. <sighs> over dracula every girl in the store like they're practically snapping their necks they're whipping their heads around so hard i mean i get it um i mean really i get it he looked real good in this film i'm just saying i i understand yeah so um i'm with it lucy he recognizes from that time she walked through his uh spirit um psychic version of himself he recognizes her from that moment um and he is like, ah, good, the roommate. And he's like, oh, I'm looking for Mary. And she's like, oh, no, Mary isn't here. Um, and then he flirts with her and calls her beautiful. So she takes him home like you do. Like you do. Worked and- on you. Bullshit. <laughs> no, I'm, te- I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Um, and he uh, takes her home. They do it. Uh, and yeah, like uh, almost immediately. Insane. He has has no patience. He's got like he's got stuff to do. Okay, um, so her that yeah, (laughs) and uh, so he turns her, 
Um, Mary comes home. She is a. Uh, what was that? Thunder. Yeah, was, that was thunder. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Mary comes home. I'm getting lost in the middle here now. Like the distractions are making me lose the middle. Well, it's, you better figure it out because I don't fucking know. Well, I'm trying. Okay, so Mary finally comes home. Oh no, wait, I take that back. Here. I know, I got it, I got it. Okay, I'm Simon say. goes to the record store to look for her. Oh um, yeah, there you go. And her dad goes to um the house to look for her, her address. So Van Helsing gets to said house, um gets a nice little uh meet and greet with Dracula. They get to catch up, like, hey, how you been? Entrapped, how about you? Um, and Dracula basically says, hey, it's kind of bullshit that you were using my blood to keep alive all this time. And thanks to you, because you did that and you got your wife pregnant while you had my blood in your system, that means your daughter is also blood relation to me yeah. in a weird way, which makes her mine. And he's like, no, she's not yours. He's like, she's the only one on this planet that has my blood, too. So she is. Um and uh, then I believe Mary bumps into What's-His-Face, but then ditches him. Simon. Oh, yeah. She runs off from Simon when Simon tries to talk to her. Simon gets attacked by one of the other vampires. Uh, that's when he decapitates that guy. Mm, yeah. And um, when Mary runs home, she unfortunately finds the body of uh, her father who got killed off screen, probably because Christopher Plummer was old then. No, they, they Dracula kills Van Helsing by throwing him into the mirror. You remember the, the pull through his throat? Mm, okay. Yeah, and then she uh, has a very delightful moment where Lucy decides to terrorize her for no apparent reason mm. yep. um, while she's finding the body of her dead father. Then she gets to meet all of the brides who are all super petty and jealous that uh, Dracula wants her. And they're like, why does he even one of them's like, why does he even want you? And she's like, I know why. Because of the blood. And she's like, oh, yes, the essence. Like, sorry, your dad <laughs> wasn't filled with Dracula blood when you got your mom got pregnant. Like, I mowed you. Really? Um, <laughs> so she has this really creepy scene with all the brides and two of them are climbing on the walls, which is super fun. And uh, then she sees Dracula freaks out. Um, he starts running at her in the most hilarious way possible because he does these crazy long arm swings. At first, you're like, is he going to go full run with these crazy like noodle arms? But it turns out it's because he's turning into a wolf. So that makes much more sense. Yeah, it does. Um, she hauls ass out of the house into the arms of Simon, who then shoots at Dracula. And uh, yeah, at that point, she has to um, she and Simon have to figure out how to stop him. Um, unfortunately, in the midst of trying to figure out how to stop them, because they established that though Van Helsing has tried over many years, they've never figured out how to actually kill him, even though other vampires have specific ways. These don't work on him. Uh, she and Simon go to the library to try to sort this shit out, uh, which is unfortunately the exact moment that she gets kidnapped and she has to figure out what she wants to do, um, because Dracula is, you know, going to tell her why exactly he's wants her anyway. And Simon has to figure out how to save her. But um bump. 
It's super fun, though. I got to say, though, <laughs> I really enjoy the what I told you is like kind of the twist ending. Like you really get to figure out who Dracula is. Um, and I thought that was a really cool idea. And I like how they did it. Bonus points for that because they give you a reason why Dracula is not a fan of certain things. And it kind of brings new light to just vampires as a whole, honestly. Yeah. You know what I mean? For like the whole genre, you're like, interesting. I've never been explained that before that at least I can think of. Um, you it's know. not just like, oh, he got bit by a bat. There's like a developed lore that they created for this film. Yeah. And who Dracula actually is. Ooh, right as I said, Dracula, too. Uh, they 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 actually reveal that Dracula also has was also known by someone else at some point, and it goes way back, and it's it's really cool. So like huge bonus points for that. Uh, it was a little cheesy. It was a little uh, for me. It was a little slow. Um, and I was kind of uh, I don't know. I was I was slightly bored for like the middle part, but once they once they said the reasoning for all that stuff, I like I like sat up in my chair. I was like, okay, I'm I'm into this shit now. This is interesting. Um, and then the ending was, was pretty solid as well. But, um, yeah, I gave this a 2.5 with a heart because I didn't think it was necessarily a good movie, but I didn't necessarily think it was bad. Just kind of middle of the road. I'd watch it again. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, this one's a guilty pleasure. One, it's aesthetically pleasing. Like they clearly had some two thousands, like let's see how we how many attractive people we can jam into this cast everyone was very pretty um the clothes were simple uh, honestly my least favorite thing about this whole movie is mary's outfit for the final scene it, yeah. it's so very much i'm going to get lunch i'm i'm like i'm running an errand and they could have put her in something cool and they were like nah the clothes she's been wearing the whole film this uh platform um slip on shoes you know, fucking capri pants, tank top, and sweater. It was the 2000s. It was rough, considering what the wardrobe all the other girls got. What would you give it, though? I would give it like a three. Three? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's just fun to watch, though. Here are some of my thoughts from the movie real quick. Uh, these are just random things I wrote down. Apparently, breaking into coffins with crowbars is like a common thing, which we'll get into here in a second. I really love that the town just kept those four dead bodies in town hall. No coolers, no nothing. Just fucking four dead bodies in body bags in the gymnasium or wherever the fuck they were. That was great. But the sheer number of cops yeah, there was that like, showed up later, like you don't have a morgue, but you have this many yeah, cops. Yeah, you don't have a morgue, but you got this many cops in this town, whatever. Uh, Jennifer Esposito floating around in that one scene was fucking hilarious. Just like, but like, just like I'm a van. I'm just going to float because I can. You're like, it's like she was constantly swinging at a 45 degree yeah, angle it was fucking great and then i loved how lucy just leads a fucking complete stranger to her house who's not even looking for her but looking for her friend that's not what you do i know he's attractive and all that stuff but like you don't just lead a random stray man to your fucking to where you live you so, do if he looks like gerard butler i, yeah, I, I guess so in this movie specifically those are my thoughts on that some okay here we go some taglines here we've got the most seductive evil of all time has now been unleashed in hours what that didn't make sense the most seductive evil of all time has now been unleashed in hours in our time jesus 19th century chills terrify the 21st century Okay, they kind of phoned it on the yeah. taglines. Uh, trivia, the line in the film where Johnny Miller playing Simon Shepard says, never ever fuck with an antiques dealer was a line the actor would say on set as a joke. The director liked it and incorporated it into this scene. That tracks, yeah. Yep. 
Uh, Dracula says, I don't drink, dot, 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 coffee. And one scene, this is a spoof of I never drink, dot, 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 wine from Dracula 1931. Hilarious. Uh, the name of Van Helsing's antique business, Carfax Abbey, is also the name The name of House Dracula. Wait. is the also house. Is also the name of House Dracula. The house. Also the name of house. That's what it says. Also the name of house. I'm helping you figure out the sentence. Shut it. Also the name of the house Dracula moves into in Bram Stoker's Dracula, Dracula's, whatever. I can't fucking read today. Bram Stoker's Dracula is a fine way to say yeah. it. The character Lucy Westerman's name is a reference to the character Lucy Westerna from Bram Stoker's book. She is in the movie, as in the book, the best friend of the main character, Mina slash Mary. Oh, Mina book slash Mary movie. Goofs. Um, there is a crucifix in the coffin and others on the lid to keep Dracula imprisoned. Yet at a later time, a larger illuminated cross has no effect on him. True. True. When Dracula throws Simon across the room in the library, you can see the cable attached to him. I pointed that out to you. I was like, ah, there he goes. Yep. Seen that. Uh, Van Helsing's office building is in London, but security guards on duty are armed. Uh, security guards in England cannot carry handguns. It is actually illegal in the UK. Um, so, you know, even security guards can't have those, much less carry them about. So, yeah, that would not be a thing in the UK, apparently. So They have stronger gun laws. Yeah, they do. Uh, the sidewalk that Mary lands on near the end of the film visibly vibrates when she hits it. It's very obvious. It's quite funny. 4.9 out of 10 on IMDb, 2.1 out of 5 on Letterboxd. And you said what? I said a 3, but like I said, it's a guilty pleasure. It's it's fun to watch. Um, I'm not like saying it's my favorite, but you know, I love a vampire film. And as a vampire film, this is a great vampire movie. That's true. You're not wrong. I definitely will watch Especially it. Especially when Dracula films come into play. Like this is my like one of my top Dracula films. Oh, wow. Think of the other ones we've watched. I know Bram Stoker's Dracula was not that great at all. I'd rather watch this. I would rather watch that too. Sorry, Francis Ford Coppola, but I'm not sorry. So long. So long. And so horny. God. So horny. So horny. Just like American this Horror Story right now. This movie had the right amount of horniness to yeah, it. Like not, the characters yeah. are all attractive. There was a little bit of horniness, but it wasn't like all the empires do is bang all day long. No. American Horror Story Hotel. Oh my God, for <laughs> real. So without further ado, let's get on to the gem of the hour. Oh, I would recommend the other one watching. Um, I know it doesn't have great ratings, but I mean, like I said, you know, it's, it's just fun. If you can kind of just turn your brain off and have fun, it's, it's pretty decent, you know. That's all that matters. So uh, moving on to Dracula 3000 from 2004 released on august 9th of that year in the u.s rated r for mild sex and nudity moderate violence and gore moderate profanity 10 fucks mild alcohol drugs and smoking and mild frightening and intense scenes thank god this only had a runtime of an hour and 26 minutes couldn't take another second of that movie it was painful it was pretty painful listed as a horror sci-fi directed by a man named daryl rudit R-O-O-D-T. Who shouldn't be in charge of things. No. Um, he has 50 directing credits uh, for nothing that I recognize, but is most known for Yesterday from 2004, not the recent one with the Beatle thing going on. Uh, no, but that would have been a really impressive turnaround if it was, yeah. though. Truer Grand and Dangerous Ground. So you did it. Written by Evan Milborough, who has four writing credits, with this being his quote-unquote biggest movie. Yikes. And uh, Daryl Rudit, the director as well, 26 credits, also did Truer Ground and Dangerous Ground, or Truer Grand, whatever. What I'm getting is these people like to use the buddy system. Buddy! 
that, what are you barking at? Stop barking. It's it just, was thunder. It's just thunder. Um, composed by Michael Ho- Honig, Honig, I don't know. That's a weird last name. Who has 33 composer credits and also did The Gate and The Blob. Uh, Dracula 3000 was his last composer credit. Yikes. Yeah. What a note to end on. Yes. Uh, cinematography by Giulio Beccari, who has 62 cinematographer credits, did a whole bunch of TV shows, and is most known for Forgiveness, Black Butterflies, and The Journey is the Destination. I think you're just making up titles, because I... I very well could be. One of these. Nope. Nope. All right, let's get to this cast, because boy, whoo. Starring Casper Van Dien as Captain Abraham Van Helsing, 153 acting credits, also in Star Trip, Starship Troopers as Johnny Rico, Sleepy Hollow as Brom Van Brunt, and Alita Battle Angel as Amok. Easily the most recognizable for Starship Troopers, yes. though, because that is a yeah. cult classic. We've got Erica Elen- Elen- Eleniak as Aurora Ash, 58 acting credits, also in The Blob. Uh, as Vicky DeSoto, the Beverly Hillbillies as Ellie May Clampett and Bordello of Blood, Tales from the Crypt Presents, or whatever it is, as Catherine Verdu. And she's also the girl that Elliot kisses in E.T., the, the blonde girl in the uh, science scene. Oh, nice. Yeah. Then we've got the uh, the man himself, Coolio, as 187, somehow has, somehow has 100 in acting for uh, acting credits. 104 acting credits. And he was also in Daredevil as Dante Jackson. That's pretty much it. Everything else is like... You know who Coolio is yeah. unless you live under a rock and don't like good songs. Or you're super the young. One, the one good song. Then, last but not least, we've got Alexandra Camp as Mina Murray who has 45 acting credits and nothing else that I heard of but uh, was most famous for Sum Uru as Sum Uru. Oh. And this movie. I demand, and we talked about this while we were watching this, I demand an explanation because I'm sure you'll explain the whole weird intro to this film, but um, this character is supposed to be an intern? Bitches in her 40s. I was going to get to that. You told me to write it down. Oh, okay, go ahead. I'll wait for you. We'll just scrap that from the record, probably. Pretend Uh, I didn't say that. Okay. Estimated budget of question mark. Worldwide box office gross of question mark. Probably because they don't want to release that information. It's probably going to be upsetting. Apparently, this was filmed in South Africa, according to IMDb. So that's fake. There's that. You can watch this on Amazon for a $3.99 rental or $5.99 purchase. I found the DVD on eBay as it was hard to find because I guess it's like out of print or something. For good reason. For $8 on. uh, It was $11 and the seller was like, I'll give you $3 off. I was like, sold. Let me tell you, don't worth don't, worth don't every penny. It. Don't rent. It's not worth a penny. Oh, it's worth every penny. Uh, movies that came out around the same time include, but are not limited to, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, I, Robot, The Born Supremacy, Jew on the Grudge, Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle, fucking uh, goddamn classic film, The Village, AVP, and Without a Paddle, that one movie everyone forgot about, but is actually pretty funny. Saw all but one of those. Which one? Jew on the Grudge. Oh, wow. You haven't seen the original original Grudge? Yeah, but I didn't really care to. Eh, oh, you fair. know what? Maybe you and I watched I it. I might have did. seen it. Okay, so I might have seen all of these. Specific horror moments. Go. Oh, is it me? Yeah. All right. Pool cue to Mina. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, I'd have to say that's the best effect they had in the film. Favorite kill. That one. 187 with the pool stick because I fucking hated him so much. It was time for him to go. The film was time to go. Yeah. Favorite character. None of them. 
Not a single person. Not one character. Not one character was likable. Not one. Uh, Lee's favorite character, 187. Oh, well, oh. yeah. Specifically, 187. Okay. Um, favorite line? I've got uh, four of them. Oh, boy. Yeah. First one. Call in, in regards to the little metal cross. It's a metal plus sign. He must have been into mathematics. Great. Yikes. Transylvania. Where the fuck is Transylvania? <laughs> so stupid. Take that back or I will blow that anaconda all over the ceiling. <laughs> and ain't that a bummer, Hummer? Um, <laughs> it's so bad. Stupid. It's so stupid it's considering so they were stupid. saying shit that would be like current slang or things to say. But then they'd be like totally oblivious to other stuff. Like the one actress or the one character at one point says, who's God? Because, you know, crucifixes are illegal or whatever. She says, who's God? But then later go, uh, later on goes, I'm not the bionic woman. So, so you get 1970s television, but God we don't know about? I mean, it's... One of those things seems like it stand the test of time. It's not the bionic woman. Yikes. Tell me how you really feel. This movie's stupid. It is stupid. So let's talk about it. IMDb summary, Count Dracula terrorizes the crew of a spaceship. Woo! And the film terrorizes our eyes. It does. So the title sequence right off the bat is very jarring and upsetting. If you are prone to seizures, I wouldn't I would recommend skipping it because it made me have to look away. I was I was like, oh my god, this, I was is, nauseous. this is jarring. And then fucking Udo Kier pops up just like he did in uh whatever that last one we did was. Fear.com Jinx. Just in it. Buy me some coke. Uh, he is like gripping a cross and screaming at this camera, a bunch of mumbo jumbo I didn't pay attention to. And then that cuts immediately. And this is like a recording of him. So it looks very like just shitty. It's a very terrible recording. Um, and then we cut to Abraham Van Helsing voiceover, introducing the entire crew to us all at once, giving us their stats because fucks... Like an like a stat yeah, card you'd see for a like video game. fuck character development. Here's the back of their card, you know, like their little sports card with all their stats and telling me six or seven different people, like, like I'm going to fucking remember any of those names because you're not introducing them organically. I'm not going to remember that shit. Why are you doing this? Yeah, most films, they will either bring you a character like, okay, Ocean's Eleven's a good example where they introduce all the characters together yeah. who they're going to bring together for this heist, but they introduce it by saying their name, George Clooney or Brad Pitt's talking about who the character is, and we get to see them do something on the screen so you get a sense of that character. You just telling me straight facts and yeah. some of them are just wildly insulting facts about the characters. I have no sense of that character. I just have random character who I also don't know. Oh, I haven't opinion even seen yet. and random facts about said yeah. characters. It's a stupid way to introduce characters. So let me put you in the setting here because we're in the year 3000, hence Dracula 3000. 3, no correlation to Dracula 2000 either. These movies aren't fucking related at whatsoever. Not even kind of related. Nope. So it's the year 3000. They're on a space salvage ship called Mother 3. I don't know why it's called Mother 3. I guess there was two prior to it that fucking exploded. I have no idea. Seems and logical. They they happen upon this derelict transport called the Demeter. Not subtle. 
um, Captain Van Helsing and his crew board the abandoned ship. And the second that that one chick goes onto it, I'm like, these oxygen masks are fucking stupid. They come out behind the head and do these huge like loops and go into They're the, massive tubes. It's ma- like that is this. Oh my God. That is a great way to get caught on something. Have it be cut accidentally. Who fucking designed these? And the oxygen tanks are like literally like. 12 by 2 inches wide. And the tubes are so long. Like, how are you expected to get... Because the thing with oxygen masks is the oxygen is supposed to come in and out really close because you have to get it... Your breath is what's making it travel. Yeah. And you've got these 2-inch wide tubes that are at least 4 feet long. It's it's insanity. She's just breathing back in her own, uh, like, carbon dioxide at that point. That's stupid. Also, everyone is wearing nothing, essentially. Like, they're not in space suits. We've got a dude in a wife beater. We've got dude with, like, just, cl- like, clothes on. You're like, what? A lot of leather where, for space. Yeah, where are your suits? Because, like, and they're also just wearing, like, gas masks. They are. Those are straight up gas yeah, masks. Yeah, they're just gas masks that are fashioned into, like, oxygen, you know, whatever. But there's no helmets. There's no space gear. There's nothing. And I'm like, this is so stupid. You would not... You would be in space suits in space. What's happening here? So that's fucking stupid. Uh, we're introduced to Humvee and some other chick, I think, Mina. I can't remember her name. Yes, it's Mina. But he Humvee is, like, sexually assaulting this girl right off the bat, saying disgusting things, trying to, like, get in her pants. And you're like... Immediately kisses her without her yeah. consent. Yeah, and it's just absolutely disgusting. So right off the bat, I'm like, this guy is a fucking a weirdo. Um, and then what? Now I'll get into it later. Okay. And then we see Udo Kier again. Like, I don't know who the fuck is watching these tapes because they're just playing. They're just played intermittently in between what's going on with the crew and the abandoned ship. So I don't know who's watching these. I mean, eventually they do get to a point where they're like, oh, I found these tapes. But like, who the fuck? And that guy watches about 20 seconds of one tape. And then we get to see all the others. Like, there was no reason to show us I don't know why these are cutting in. So that's fucking stupid. Um, they're, they explore the bridge and they find the dead captain, which is Udo Kier, which he had both of his hands tied to his chair. He was the only one on board. I don't know how he tied both of his hands together. That's and fucking And they straight dumb. up said, it looks like he tied himself to the chair. Yeah. How? How? What are you fucking, you got like, you got feet you're using somehow to tie that shit with? Also what are you doing? hilarious when they get in there. The, their guy, their computer tech wizard, who somehow is the most intelligent person on the board, but like still says some of the dumbest shit yeah. in the middle. Everyone says that. He's in a wheelchair. Yeah. Who the fuck is in a wheelchair in space? That's not going to work, man. And if it if that was a thing, you need to make that like, this is how we would deal with wheelchairs in space, not... We put him there so that way he didn't. That way we could leave him places. It's literally That's meant to only, anchor yeah. bro down because they're like at one point, like they've never dealt with this scenario, which is wild because this is an ongoing crew. Yeah, they just leave him all. All of them leave him at the top of the stairs, and he's like, "Hey, can somebody carry me?" Like we haven't. You guys don't have. I can't believe that you're a functioning crew because a functioning crew would have all this shit on lockdown. Yeah. No, I know. J- Jesus. Um, forgot what I was gonna say. They were um, they were looking at the dead captain. No, oh no, just having yeah, having a guy in a wheelchair in space is is just doesn't make sense because apparently you know every every ship here has like anti gravity I guess so where you know they they're not floating around but 
you know, I don't, I hate how that's never explained in some movies, you know, on spaceships. So it's like, you'd be floating around, but somehow you have, you're walking around a ship. So it doesn't make sense. I appreciate your inclusion of wanting to put a guy in a wheel. You know what I mean? I'm, that's cool. But like, it just doesn't make sense in space. No, it doesn't make sense. So that's stupid. And it's literally only in there. So they can leave him places. Yeah. Yeah. So that way they can abandon him places for the plot, which was minimal to begin with yeah so they find the captain he's clutching a crucifix which they're apparently were, were banned 200 years ago i don't know how you can ban somebody from making a piece of wood into a like a cross it's stupid only 150 years before uh, weed was legalized yeah stupid so um so uh the, ca- the you know the captain and vice camp ca- captain they are claiming salvage rights uh to the ship and they want to tow it back to earth um, and as the crew prepares to return, Mother 3 suddenly comes uncoupled from the Demeter, leaving them stranded on the derelict ship with no means of communication. And for some reason, there is no fucking person on Mother 3. Everyone is off board. What the fuck protocol is that? There always has to be a man on the ship for this exact fucking situation. And I we- was so angry at this moment. Like, this is so dumb. And it was super dumb because apparently the computer this guy was using to do everything was in the center of what looked like a cargo bay, yeah. not like a bridge. He wasn't at the bridge where the captain was. No, no. no. The computer for navigation is there. And then when he says mother is trying to disconnect, there's no computer screen setting. He's, just flipping, He's s- just flipping toggles and pressing random buttons. You're like, what? what's the uh, series you have to hit these buttons and flip these toggles to make mother not detach? Could you tell me? It's real stupid. So now they're on this derelict ship, whatever. And we see 187 and and Humvee uh, walking around. They discover some coffins and 187's like, oh, they could use that to like smuggle shit in. And what's laying around just because... To open it, a uh, fucking crowbar from like a... It was a ni- behind a pipe. Yeah, from like like a 1999 Civic. Just, here's a crowbar. And it was like, not even what? like... He goes, hold on. And then just kind of looks around, sees one like behind a pipe and takes it. Like, yeah. how did you know that someone would hide a crowbar doesn't behind make any the, sense yeah there okay. would that would not be there so they pry it open they only find sand find sand uh but then he soon is attacked by something that we see and he gets this random bone sticking out of him that makes no sense because it's not like a bone that you can see has been broken it's just one leg. it's just one bone poking up through his leg at the dumbest angle which makes literally no sense so stupid. So the crew rushes to him. They try to fix his broken bone. And one lady just snaps it back in. I'm like, that's not how this works. You like, you have to push, you'd have to push the bone in and then set it. She just snaps it. I'm like, that's not how this works. I think it's hilarious. I'm not a doctor, though, but that's not how that works. When they run to his aid, they don't immediately start. And the guy in the wheelchair is their only medic, which concerning. Cause yeah. he's, that's a limited range. Um, the, they don't try to like, immediately administer first aid no they badger him with questions till he passes out yeah like why you think your priority would perhaps be uh get him to not die i mean you'd think but no but no so they rush him back somewhere they they notice he's got bites on his neck or a bite on his neck and then he soon wakes up after that and attacks abraham then this battle of the century erupts Oh boy, was that a fucking silly fight. 
Uh, he says some really gross things to Aurora, talking about like trying to get up in that and how he's gonna. And how like, often he jerks off to her. It's real disgusting. Like I, I was sitting there with my hands in, like my face in my hands. Like, how did this get pat? How did this get approved? Who said yes to this movie? <laughs> well, remember by the end of the movie, we were talking about it, and we're like, this movie is not only sexist but it's racist because the the two dumbest people on the crew are the two black guys. They're they're the ones who both get the oh it's like a plus sign line about the crucifix, but all the white people seem to know what a crucifix is. Yeah, they made they're, them the they made yeah the writers they're made hypersexualized them. like they yeah. they play into that stereotype of black men just want to sexualize white women. Yeah, because they do that a lot in and this then, movie. In this movie, sorry okay. to be clear, I mean in the yeah, movie. I was, they, I was like, make they, sure you're being clear here. Sorry, they do that several times throughout the movie, and then the women are always treated like sex objects yeah. in this. Even the one character supposed to be the strong female later gets downgraded into a sex object. Yeah. I so, should have let you talk about this one. Yikes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Battle of the Century. Uh, Aurora tries to shoot him. It does nothing. She runs away, 187 chases, but then like just gives up. Like they're chasing he each other. He just moves on. Yeah, they're chasing. He's chasing her and then just gives up and then runs into, you know, Count Dracula, who's like, kill them all. And he's like, yes, master, or whatever, and runs away. Um, because I I didn't realize that. They just established that now he's his master because he, you know, he bit him. It was like, oh, okay. Which again, really weird that they're making a white guy. So, you know, the a, first guy they turn into a vampire is a black guy. And now he has to call him master. You're like, God, you guys are really not doing this right this is not yeah who's obsessed with weed by the way like his yeah, personality uh, yeah. his weed? personality is literally weed. like you guys made these the characters two-dimensional stereotypes like what are you doing and we talked about how funny it was because you get to see 187's room for a second his room is a bench some chips a surfboard and a hookah and you're like well you did wow, it you've yeah. established that he's a pothead and yeah. apparently from california like what are we doing what are we sir yeah what are you using the surfboard for is it In just a, is it just aesthetics stupid so um aurora who is fleeing 187 also runs into master um a, a vampire named count orlock bites her neck and while this is happening mina gets attacked and killed by 187 uh so then after that aurora makes her way to the recreation room she imports her encounter with orlock and reveals that he's a vampire from planet transylvania not like a little t a city or town. It is Planet Transylvania. His planet is dead. He's the last of his kind. He wants to eat. Like, he's ready to go. They woke him up. He's hungry. And he needs blood to live. And it it's your problem now. And uh, after they question her about that, she's not able to explain how she escaped. Orlock unharmed. Oh, by the way, we're going into full spoiler time movie because fuck this movie. Fuck this movie. Um, so they're like, okay, she could be lying. And they leave her tied up and guarded by Humvee. And Aurora is doing literally whatever she can to get him to untie her. Like you should, we, we could go have fun and have sex. And then this is where he suddenly gets a brain. You know what I mean? Like he's been kind of dumb this whole movie, but then he's like, no, nah, you could be tricking me. Like you've been talking about how you wanted to have sex with her. Right. And now yeah, you don't, which is not, hilarious and that, now you don't want to what? And, and what's funny is. Earlier in the film, he is uh, having a conversation with 187. They're the only two black guys on here. And he's pretty much like saying that 187 is just like a pothead and he's not really contributing anything. He's really given this vibe that he doesn't like him. Yeah. Except for later when he establishes they are longstanding friends who have known each other since childhood. You're like, wow, what? none of your other scenes would have in any way indicated that you knew each other prior to being working together. Yeah, it's real silly. 
Uh, so he's not going for it. And while this is going on, Captain and Professor are searching the ship's database and discover that the legendary vampire hunter Abraham Van Helsing is one of the ancestors of Captain Van Helsing. And the professor believes that Orlock is trying to seek revenge against their captain because he's long distant relatives with the, you know, vampire kill fucking needle or like, you know, what is that? What are the, uh, I'm thinking of something like, I don't know. God damn it. Tiny threads or something like strands of like, yeah, it's like a paper thin. There we go. Good God. Paper thin. The second you, he said that we both went, how the hell would he have known that you were even on the ship? He hasn't even heard your name. He's been, so yeah. Like, this is what? The, like, and uh, the captain's like, that's probably not it. And he's like, but no. And he's like, you're no. the smartest guy on the ship. And you think the vampire who this ship has been derelict for 50 years. Yeah, he knows somehow this Somehow knew that you guys would come around to this ship 50 years in the, please ex- make that work. Make yeah. that make sense. Doesn't make sense. So that's stupid. And then right after that, 187 gains entrance to the uh, to the rec room because for some reason, vampires can't open doors in this. I don't understand. Yeah. Like they can't seem to open doors, which is a really weird plot point. Because people are locking the doors from the inside and the outside. Yeah. And it's who, as long as you're not a vampire, you can get the door Seems, open. Yeah. So he eventually he persuades Humvee to open it. And uh, he manages to stake 187 in the heart with a wooden pool cue, which was awesome. Aurora still tied up, though, confesses that at this point, we're like an hour into this movie. At this point, Aurora confesses that how she was able to get away from Count Orlock is that because she is an undercover android. So she's a robot investigating salvage activities. Why is this just being dropped on us an hour into this hour and 25 minute movie? What the fuck? The literal only explanation for that is that Again, like the entrance to the film, they didn't have the time for them to figure out Orlock's plan yeah. or what he was doing. So, because when she presents it, she presents it as a string of information he has relayed to her. And you're like, what are you, like the worst supervillain ever? You just told her your entire plan? Yeah. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. They literally, they just like, we didn't really want them to have to figure it out. So we'll just have him tell her she won't die because she's a robot. And then, um, you know, then she'll tell all the information. So we don't really have to figure out how to make it into the story. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Like lazy, the laziest writing I've ever seen in my life. It really is because it, like, and I told you, it's like, what is this supposed to be the Shyamalan twist on this movie? Oh, she's a robot. <sighs> Mind exploding. No, that was so dumb. It was such a weird plot point. But I really feel like they were like, oh, this is going to get them. Let's put that in the script. No, it's stupid. Real dumb. Um, Captain then learns that the ship, you know, through the ship's stuff, whatever, their database, they realize that, oh, I know how vampires can be stopped and decides to steer the Demeter on a course towards a binary star system. Thinking that, you know, binary sun. Oh, whatever. Binary sun. Um, so, yeah, they do that. And then the captain and Aurora soon come across Mina in her coffin and kill her. And then the captain gets confronted, confronted by Orlock. Uh, and then Aurora runs away to, like, you know, get some reinforcements. So the captain fights Orlock alone. That doesn't go very well. 
Um, he kind of gets beat up and they don't show him getting beat up on screen. It's like he cut the, it just shows a scene of him like crawling away. Like, Oh, help me. Like, did you not have the budget for a fight for a fight scene? Well, she wants to get, uh, what's his face? The big guy. Humvee. Yeah. Humvee. Because Humvee is with, uh, the professor over there. Yeah. Um, and he's like, no, I'm not falling for that same trick twice when she's trying to talk to him to the door. And you're like, are you fucking stupid? You dumb. But, um, yeah, I I should also say that one of the things Dracula uh, says when she asks what do you want, he says he wants infinite night. But last time he got control of the ship, he was trying to steer it to Earth. And I'm like, bitch, you're in space. It it doesn't get much more infinite night than that. Yeah, that's the most infinite of nights. Also, at some point, the professor scooting around in his wheelchair finds Orlok, who promises him to free him from his disability in return for still like you know standing by his side, like come you know walk next to me, be my number two, you know I'll cure you of walking. And you're like, all right, that's cool. Um, so when uh, and that's when he's he's on the bridge at that point. So when Aurora and Humvee return to the bridge, they find Professor hiding, bite marks on it. Or no, he's just sitting in his wheelchair, kind of slunked over. He's got bite marks on his neck. Uh, and no questions asked, just, uh, Aurora just stabs him, starts stabbing him immediately. No questions asked. Just like, okay. I mean, I know you can see the bites, but like what you're just stabbing him. Did you say what happened to the captain? Huh? Did you say what happened to the captain? I thought I did. He was, you know, he got, he got beat up by Orlock and he was crawling away. And then he turned into a vampire. Oh yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. He turned into a vampire. They pull the stake out of Mina to stake him, except apparently the stake thing only works oh, if it's yeah. stuck in there. So then they have to stake her again. Yeah, that was really weird. I was like, so she's alive again, even though you killed her with a stake already? So if you're going to establish that, fine. They've done it. They did a similar thing in Vampire Diaries for the originals. They can only be killed by a specific stake. Yeah. So whatever. That's fine. Except then she goes on after they've clearly figured this out. To stab the professor multiple times, even though they clearly established that the stake needs to stay in his body for it to remain effective. It's really stupid. Yeah. Really dumb. You're like, what? I feel like they killed Mina and then they realized they maybe didn't need, they need, didn't have enough people for vampires and yeah. they, they did it too soon. And they're like, oh shit, we should have, we're going to have to bring her back so we can kill her again. Yeah. Um, so now you've got Humvee and Aurora, which are the last people left. You see Orlock try to enter the bridge, but then they close the door on him. And then it's at this point where Aurora reveals to Humvee that she's also a programmed for sexual. She, before she was reprogrammed to do other undercover assignments, she was a sex bot essentially. And she's like, you've only got 12 hours left, you know, so we should go bang. Yep. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I've never had the money for that. Yeah. So. And throws her over his shoulder. He throws her over his shoulder, takes her away, and then we get an outside shot of the ship flying into a sun and exploding and the credits roll immediately. And. Fucking what? And what happens to the villain? Tell me what happens to Dracula. We have no idea. No. The la- What's the last thing you remember happening to him? That he fucking thunder. Uh, he got shut out of the bridge. Yeah, his arm gets. Oh yeah, it's supposed to be his whole arm because he's got his whole arm through the door, and they pull till it cuts his arm off, which suddenly is now about 
like four inches up from the wrist yeah. and not the whole arm. Yeah. And he's standing in a way where he's clearly disguising the fact that his arm is still there, screaming about his arm. <sighs> and that's the last you see him. Yeah. So they're just fucking idiots because apparently this particular threat was easily deterred by door. Yeah. So stupid. I don't know why they couldn't have just... I, there's so many other things I could have done than sacrificing themselves. It's so fucking stupid. It made no sense. And I just, oh man. They didn't know how to kill vampires. Yeah, the other like. But they did though. They four f- vampires you killed. No, I guess three and then the one two times. Uh, you clearly do know how to uh, yeah, kill vampires. Yeah, so it's fucking stupid that you're like, well, the only way we can stop Dracula is to burn fly him into the sun, yeah. which will apparently make you explode. Yeah, it doesn't make any fucking sense at all. So it's stupid. It's real stupid. I gave this movie a, a really, really easy half star. Yeah. But I did give it the heart because you know what? I'm very impressed that this got made. I don't understand this. How many people signed off on this? So I respect the fuck out of them even trying this movie. So I, I'll give you the heart for that, but half a star all day. But that's what I was saying though. The, the, the biggest thing I noticed about this the second time through, cause I'd already seen this once and I still maintain this is the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah, this is, this is, yeah, I'm going to have um, to rearrange some of my other half stars. Cause this takes a cake for worst movie ever, but for them to end on a scene where a woman who has been the tough female lead yeah. the whole time which by the way they lead like van helsing is the main character and then to kill him before the end of the film was just so weird and yeah. random and he didn't even have a bigger death it was the same kind of death as everybody else had pretty much yeah and for them to then take the strong woman immediately turn in her into not just a robot but a sex robot so a literal sex object yep and have the hulking black man throw her over his shoulder because all he would of course he's going to seize the opportunity to have sex with the white woman robot you're like holy shit guys nobody saw any of the problems with that that's what i'm saying that's why it gets a heart because i no, I'm saying like I I don't understand how this got made. I'm so surprised that this went through so many other pe- like people's hands. Like, yeah, this is gonna be fine. So I'm not saying I like it. I'm saying it just gets a heart because like, yeah, how the f- one- how the fuck did this? How was this okay to make? Yeah, like, like if this what? got made today, this movie would be and the actors would be literally wrecked. Yeah, it's so insane. It's oh, I got to read the trivia and shit right here. It's the st- it's one of the stupid. I, and like I said, it might be the stupid, like dumbest movie ever made. Yeah, they couldn't even keep up with their own plot points. No, they couldn't. They they were all over the place. Um, so here we go. Best tagline ever in space: "The sun never rises." No shit. No shit. Uh, trivia: The term "Mother 3 is actually a reuse of the slingship from the short-lived 1993 TV series "Space Rangers" from 1993. Like I just said, I don't know why I said that twice. Mina Murray, Arthur Holmwood, and Abraham Van Helsing are all names of the characters from the novel Dracula. Didn't I tell you that had nothing to do with anything? Nothing to do with anything. The only the closest one was Van Helsing, and it was thin at best. Yeah. Um, here's some great goofs. The professor describes 187's throat wounds as being made by definitely teeth incisors. Uh, the incisors are the front teeth. The teeth that would correspond to vampire fangs are the canines. Yep. At the start of the movie, a crew data film for Captain Abraham Van Helsing is shown. It lists he was in the Special Forces from 2989 to 2997, yet it lists his discharge as being 2992. 
What? Oh, it must be like Starship Troopers. He left and went back. Uh, maybe. When the crew finds the first skeleton tied to the chair, Captain Van Helsing uh, says that the figure is holding a crucifix. In fact, there would have to be a depiction of Jesus on it to make it a crucifix. What the skeleton is holding is simply a cross, not a crucifix. So it's not a big metal plus sign? No. Oh. The corpse found on the ship is say, yeah, it's said to have tied himself to the chair. How he ties both of his arms to the chair is not explained. And uh, the crew aims the ship towards the sun so the light can kill the vampires. Yet the ship has no known windows or portholes. Also, there is a literal moment where they a room they are frequently in, the door just the door handle just straight up disappears. Yeah. And then reappears. Again, yeah. But what's hilarious is I think I mentioned this to you because it's one of those like continuity things um, in relation to the crucifix thing. If they were banned 200 years ago, how the fuck does anyone know what one looks like to make one? I know. And they have dozens of them on the ship. Like, uh, who knew about those to make them? Because if it's been 200 years, you'd have to have been practicing the religion secretly. But apparently that's in no way relevant. You makes just no know. sense. Yeah. It makes no sense. It's like someone did an ad lib and that's what they made the script out of. <laughs> it's a mad lib. Or yeah. mad lib, not ad lib. Sorry. No, I, I'm, I don't doubt they mad-libbed yeah. or ad-libbed some stuff. Mad-libbed so this has, uh, this is definitely the lowest rated movie we've ever reviewed. 2.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 1.3 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Like I said, I gave it half. You gave it half. If I could give it less, I would. But yeah, you kind of have to default and give it half. Yeah. Yeah, it gets half because it was made. Um. So yeah, what a time it's been. Can't wait to watch some good movies now. Yeah, be there are better vampire films. I'm sure we'll get around to them. Yes. I know we will. Uh, I know we're doing some uh, more highly rated, yes. um, in my opinion, better. Well, every film is better. Yeah. But uh, better vampire films next year. Well, this year and next year. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Beginning of the year. So yeah. uh, I'm not going to say where to find us on social media because I will be joined by my buddy Michael Viers, and we are going to be talking about Blade. So this is just an all-vampire episode. That movie is on his shameless. We're going to kind of do a crossover of our formats. And uh, we will be right back with Michael on the line. So stay tuned. And I guess say bye, Gabby. Bye, Gabby. Okay, bye. It's actually pretty heavily inspired from uh, HHN House at, uh, I think it was HHN 28 or 29. It kind of had that same synthy kind of melody, and I just remembered that beat and kind of just made it into my own thing. So I'm very proud of- You made that? Yeah, 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 I made that. Holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i pretty pretty decent with GarageBand. I used to make uh, like hip-hop beats back in the day, you know, like 10 years ago. What? Yeah, for my buddies who used to, like, you know, they would rap and I would just make beats for them. I know, this hasn't come up yet, but that's the thing. I have like- How I have this like, never <laughs> I have like dozens of beats on my computer that are just sitting there waiting for someone to, to use them. Man, so. if I knew how to rap, I'd be all over this. <laughs> See, I can I can do it, but I can't write the lyrics. So if someone wants to write me lyrics, I can go ahead and do it. But yeah, I'm not creative in that aspect. I can only just yell into a microphone about movies for an hour and a half every week. So 
that's my ability. Um, well, let me go ahead and introduce the show real quick. This is episode 150. Welcome back. I am joined with one of my good buddies and fellow cinephiles, Michael Viers. What's going on, dude? Oh, not a whole lot, buddy. He's back. This is your second time on the show. Um, has it only been twice? Only been twice. The first time you were on, it was just strictly about Shameless Picture Show, talking about your podcast, which obviously I want to talk about here in just a second. But yeah, so this is your second appearance, and you're on the second half of our vampiric triple feature. Don't even know how this came about, but it's here, and I'm glad you're here with me because... We we're doing a little bit of like a crossover here. So we're doing some of your formula, some of my formula. Obviously, if you want to go ahead and explain your formula to my viewers, uh, go ahead and then I'll tell you how we're mashing them together. So, yeah, so my I have a, a podcast I've been I've been running strong for the last six years called The Shameless Picture Show. I am on the Cinepunks podcast network. Um it started off as a as a way for me and my co-host Nick to to bond and to relate to each other because we met each other at a film festival and we fell in love with each other hard and realized <laughs> that you know like well we need to find a way to to keep in touch and but years later we came up with the idea of doing a podcast but we thought what can separate us and he's a filmmaker I'm a filmmaker and we just realized that running around filmmakers there's a lot of movies you've seen but there's also a fuck ton you haven't seen and sometimes there's just a lot of great shame that comes from when you have to admit that you haven't seen something oh, and a lot yeah. of and a lot of times you're like the people are like oh have you seen apocalypse now you're like fuck yeah it's a movie <laughs> and you don't really know what to say so i was like why do we do this why yeah. do we pretend like we've seen stuff that we haven't let's just find a safe haven to talk about things that are on our shame list and we've had big episodes we've had movies like rocky who my co-host hasn't seen and we even have lloyd kaufman on there talking about his time working on rocky oh wow we've done big films like the godfather i had never seen it before that apocalypse now uh but then we do dumb little things like you're the hunter from the future and you know, our shame full picture show episode where we did a double feature of He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and Super Mario Brothers. Yes. <laughs> so it's oh really just goodness. an excuse for us to talk about anything that we haven't seen. Um, like uh, we, It's still being planned, uh, but our next episode is... I, I'm not too sure if this is going to be two separate episodes or one full episode. We haven't decided yet. Okay. But we're going to be talking about Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. Yes. Because I hadn't seen it up until that point. Okay. Um, and my co-host had never seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Okay. So I don't know if that's going to be a, a weird double feature. Who knows? That would be an awesome. I mean, completely different movies, but I mean, I'm about it. Both. Uh, actually, wait, no, I haven't seen. Wait, first Bill and Ted's. Been, I don't think I've seen the first one. I know I've seen Vertigo because I did that on this show, but I don't think I've seen Bill and Ted's. Well, damn, you <laughs> might need to get on that. All right. I might have to get on that. Um, I uh, feel like I've seen coming up. I feel like I've seen uh, Bogus Adventure or whatever, but I don't think I've seen the first one. Poppers? Come here, Bobby. Yeah, I'm Poppers! trying to get him to come over to the camera. Come on. <laughs> there he is. Hey, buddy. <laughs> he's too big to bring up on my lap. That's and he's fine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we're... we're okay, so I, I asked you if you wanted to be on the show, and I said, okay, send me your shame list of horror movies, because obviously this is... A <laughs> you know what I did? I went to fucking Letterboxd okay. and sorted by horror films and then most popular of all time and was just making a list of the ones i haven't no seen. shit okay yes <laughs> well you gave me a list of a bunch that we have most of them we had done but there was one that stuck out to me and that is blade because i haven't seen that you haven't seen that so we're taking that 
shameful or you know that movie that is on technically on our shameless we should have seen it by now it's 24 years old and we're doing that just with my formula so this is going to be interesting for both of us because like i said when did you watch it because I, wa- I watched it literally yesterday i so watched it's it i want to say this last weekend but you know how i'm going to find out I'm letterbox letterbox oh yeah I'm- I'm hoping that we can both get a sponsorship from Letterboxd. I talk about them almost every show. Actually, oh, I do. I talk about them so much. I do, actually. Um, <laughs> I watched it on Sunday, according to my Letterboxd. Okay, so it's still, yeah, it's today's Thursday, still fresh, but yeah, um, I'm very excited. Well, you assume it's fresh in my mind. Is it not? Did you remember anything? No, I, I do remember. Okay. <laughs> I have to write shit down. I got a whole bunch of notes as per usual. It's one of those things too. Like if I had to sit down in here and do 45 minutes by myself, maybe not. Yeah. Like, or I feel like things would come, but through conversation, a lot of it's going to come out. So. Yeah. And I've got a, a plenty to say and plenty of facts to go into, but let's see if we can't go live here. Cause we're got only 45 minutes to do it. Yeah. We got this. Let's go live. Ready to go live. Go live. Let me get my notes out. Cause I forget everything. So introduce Mike. We talked about the Shameless Picture Show. All right, where can they find you on the social meds? Uh, well, so the Shameless Picture Show is everywhere that you can find podcasts. We are an Apple Podcast. We are on Spotify. We're on both Audible and Amazon, which I did not realize. Audible? Um, yeah, they pod- on Audible. They podcast now? Um, Whoa. Um, but you can also find me at www.cinepunks.com. The Cinepunks with an X. Oh, yeah. Um, so everywhere you can find podcasts. I'm also on social media. I think it's shameless pod. Um, we're places. You're everywhere. Oh, and I'm on TikTok. You can find us on TikTok. I think oh, it's yeah. Shame- uh, it's, I don't remember. What you don't even know, Michael. No, because I have to do variations <laughs> of the same name in every place because every place has I a know, different I character know. limit. I know. We are shameless picture show on TikTok. And I just opened TikTok and told me I just gained 24 followers. I don't even know what the fuck I did. Boom. Um, <laughs> you can go on there and listen to me talk. I do some unboxings. I do mostly talk about physical media. I do some in. I do the most. I don't want to say the most because that might be overselling it, but I do some pretty in-depth uh, physical media reviews in three to six minutes. Yeah, man. You, you show like some of the trailers from the movies and you, you talk about what you like and all that stuff and how the actual movie looks and sounds. It is very It's always my goal. Every time I do this, see, can I say everything I need to say before this trailer ends? <laughs> um, um, And I mean, if you got a long trailer, I love the one you did. What was that? Reform school girls. Didn't you do one for that? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I still have to watch that movie. I the still trailers, have to watch that. The trailer's bonkers. Oh, that? yeah. I think we watched the trailer for it uh, the last time I was on your little live stream that we did on Facebook. Yeah, because I got played it live. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm all about that. And then I bought it like the next day, I think. So, um, yeah, I still have to get around to watching that. And uh, you're the whole reason I watched it, because you, I sent you a bunch of movies. Like, what should I watch? You're like, Reform School Reform- Girls, definitely. <laughs> and you're like, and oh, you you've seen, seen it? it. <laughs> I was like, no, it just sounds amazing. <laughs> this is something, something I, I would want to watch. So uh, I'm going to recommend it to you. Uh, speaking of stuff that we have watched, what have you been watching recently? Anything good? Does not have to be specifically horror movies. Just just anything. So good things I've been watching. Um it's not a great movie, but I really enjoyed it. And I'll be reviewing it soon on TikTok. I watched Michael Finlay's Shriek of the Mutilated. I've never even heard of that. It is a bonkers Bigfoot movie uh, directed by Michael Findlay, shot by his then wife, Roberta Findlay, who uh, some of you guys might know from genre filmmaking and sexploitation filmmaking. Any of you Vinegar Syndrome fans out there will know her name uh, because she did some crazy fucking pornos. Um, (laughs) Good grief. 
and honestly the movie's fun i will i have a fondness for bigfoot films so oh yeah like i love them even though most of them aren't very good the comment the, the uh, i haven't listened to the commentary yet but there's a featurette on there where roberta finlay is talking about making this film and she also talks to us she's a cinematographer and before like this is like her second thing she's done as oh, a cinematographer wow. and had no idea even how to shoot anything. Um, and it's just kind of funny hearing her talk about her now um, deceased husband, because her husband, Michael Finlay, who directed the film died in, I think, 1977. He was cut in half by a helicopter. I mean, that's um, one hell of a way to go. And Jeez. she's like, he's like, yeah, when I met him, he was, you know, he was really interested in making movies about cutting up and mutilating women. And I'm convinced oh. if he wouldn't have made these movies, he probably would have done that. I'm like, damn. <laughs> Like she's just being very honest. She's like, I don't remember anything about shooting this movie. It's, like, oh, it's man. a very candid discussion with Roberta Findlay about this movie, wow. and it's like kind of her husband, I guess. What year was this movie? What uh? This is like nineteen. This is nineteen seventy four. Okay, it's like t- uh, TCM era right there. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And then I uh, I also watched. I finished watching Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, nice. Okay. It was good. Yeah. It was fine. Um, it's exactly what I, it's pretty much like, it's just what I wanted or what I expected yeah. it would be, you know? No, I will is, say, I don't want to go into too much depth because I know we don't have a whole lot of time. Yeah. Um, seeing how that show plays out ruins the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, yeah? In that, okay, spoiler for anyone who has not seen Obi-Wan Kenobi, because there's no way I can do this spoiler free. Okay. Him letting vader go in the end pretty much confirms that he causes everything that happens oh i see what you mean yeah yeah it's like oh you you let him go and because of that all this death and suffering is happens because of you you fucking prick yeah no that i didn't even think about that but that makes 100 percent sense thank you for enlightening me (laughs) Um, yeah i mean i knew that's how it was gonna end though because i mean how what other outcome could there be there's no there's no other way the problem with disney making movies that are based on every single unexplored moment in between movies is that there's no stakes i know leia's not gonna die right i know obi-wan's not gonna die (laughs) i know what's gonna happen so it's like while some of these scenes are thrilling it's like oh well i know how this ends yeah that's why I think the Mandalorian is so good because it's a completely like side story and it they've just done it so well. John Favreau, oh my god! And I think we're supposed to be getting season three early. We're supposed to get it Christmas this year, I thought, but I guess it's like February of next year now or something. So we got to wait a little bit more for that, which is season three, I think. But um, yeah, Kenobi, yeah, it was just kind of it was just kind of like good, you know, like it was good. Yeah. It wasn't yeah, it, it was wasn't good. anything it was, crazy. It was a solid three star show yeah i think that's i think that's um, what i gave it actually the, the best thing i've watched recently though was a local theater shout out to the times theater here in milwaukee has did a month of sci-fi movies they're doing some Ooh. repertory screenings and i love that this one pop, you know they did things like they did star wars they did you know the day the earth stood still shit like that um but i absolutely love that part of their sci-fi month, they showed Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, nice. Screen. My wife had never <laughs> seen it, so I was like, fuck, yeah, we're going to go see Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Sweet. Even though I had just watched it on VHS. No, 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 it's fine. I had to watch it again. Experience it on so the big screen. Good. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. It was, it was a good time. Very nice. Okay. Um, Let's see I've here. I've watched a lot more since then, but I tried to like kind of weed through it. Oh, no, you're fine. Um, uh, horror movie-wise, recently, what I've watched... Oh, I know we actually both just watched Serial Mom recently, which is... Yeah, we did. ...fucking a <laughs> phenomenal movie. I, I, uh, I expected to like it, but I did not expect to love it like I did. Holy shit, that was so funny. Um, if you don't know what this is about, 
It's directed by, oh, what was the guy's name who directed it? You told me about him. John Waters. Um, so this, and you said watching this was probably a good introduction to his movies because I don't think I've seen another John Waters yeah, before. Yeah, it's a, it's a good way to begin because it does have a lot of his humor and his satire. It's so funny. Uh, over-the-topness <laughs> because um, his, his earlier films are even more over-the-top, but oh they can be God. a little challenging because they're very transgressive films. Okay. Um. And while I personally think that I think they're great, they can be a little tough for some people because he is, they are really DIY. They're very transgressive. Okay. And you kind of get the, um, I don't know, like you, you see a, his first movie, Pink Flamingos, has a guy who's singing out of his asshole. Oh, like, like Ace a, a, a man's style. butthole just like singing, <laughs> like lip syncing to a song. And then a, you know, dr- divine, a drag queen eats dog shit off the ground and it's legitimate dog shit oh. so it's like oh, it's I've, a i've heard i've literally i think gabby was talking about that how she can't yeah, watch that so scene because it's, it's actual shit it's it's very it's a very oh, transgressive film and it's yeah, so i like this and like cecil be demented i i i love it's kind of like his big budget period where like he still has some of his unique john waters characteristics yeah um but it's a little more palpable. Okay. You know, I also think like hairspray is a good place to begin, but like I don't feel like hairspray has is, is some of his like his like dark humor, you know, the way that say like serial mom or even crybaby does. Okay. So yeah, I've got to check out more of that. So if okay, knowing that I've only seen serial mom, uh which which route would do you recommend I go? Like Pink Flamingo, Hairspray? Well, what do you I think? I guess I would say if you want something a little bit more like serial mom okay. i would say maybe go cry baby okay i'll put that um, on the if list you want to start exploring to some of his more transgressive stuff um pink flamingos is a really good way to begin that's okay. uh that's actually on the criterion collection oh hell yeah or um i really like multiple maniacs okay i'll put those on the list but i would say if it's john waters on the criterion collection it's because like, he has a couple in the criterion collection he has um uh, Pink Flamingos, he has Polyester, I believe, Multiple Maniacs, and I think even Female Trouble. Okay. Yeah, I do like Criterion because they usually put out, like, you know, I know they have most of Wes Anderson's, uh, like, filmography and stuff like that. So I like that they have multiple by uh, one director. So I'll have to check those out. Uh, but yeah, Serial Mom, that's that's going to be a recommendation from both of us. If you haven't seen that, check it out. I have the uh, uh, Screen Factory Collector's Edition. And it is amazing. That is going to be something I watch all the time in this household, for sure. Um, what else have I seen recently? Something that's not horror. I, re- I rewatched Ready to Rumble the other day. <laughs> I fucking love Ready to Rumble. I oh worked so hard to find a D- DVD copy of that off of eBay. And I had to, you know, it was probably like one of the original DVDs. Because I don't think was never going to get a Blu-ray, at least not a legal Blu-ray release. Yeah, um, I have the Snap DVD uh, that's case. That's what I got. Yeah, and that's, I've had it for years, probably because I got it when it first came out. But uh, yeah, that's a silly movie. And then I also watched uh, on uh, Wes Anderson, not Wes Anderson, Craven's birthday the other day on the second. I watched uh, Red Eye because I hadn't seen that in a while. And that one's on HBO Max. And Red Eye is like super underrated, in my opinion. Cillian Murphy and uh, uh, isn't it Rachel McAdams? Rachel McAdams. Yeah, it is a great movie that no one ever talks about. And it's one of his, you know, later movies. It's 2005. Um, the man knows tension yeah he really does that man knows how to put together a scene yeah so um that's a bunch of stuff i've been watching lately have you purchased anything recently 
Any boutique uh, labels, or have you had anything sent to you from uh, your great friends over at Vinegar Syndrome or let me Mill take Creek? A look. <laughs> so I, I, I had Shriek of the Mutilated sent to me. Um, I won a competition. A buddy of mine, Mike Vaughn, he is a really talented uh, writer. Uh, he, he does a lot of physical media re reviews as well. He wrote an, a really good book called The Ultimate Guide to Strange Cinema. Mm um that you should be checking out and he also does a youtube show called the video attic um everyone like go it. check out check out mike vaughn they do some great stuff i won a competition from them and i won a blu-ray copy of the batman oh nice okay very nice uh and then i i not too long ago i bought the 4k edition of raging bull from criterion oh okay um and then i also picked i got uh the movie basketball Sent to me from my yep. good friends over at Mill Creek. Uh, that review should be coming soon. Hell yeah! And black the the uh, Brian De Palma film, The Black Dahlia. Oh, nice. Okay. And then uh, another one that I bought. There was a movie that I used to love that came on the Disney Channel quite a bit when I was a kid called The Paper Brigade. I that sounds very familiar. It's uh, about a kid who 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 moves to a new town, um, and he ends up getting to make some money. Uh, starts paper route. Um, but he turns out he's really bad at it, uh, and because there's all these crazy neighbors and everything, uh, um, uh, Robert England plays one of the neighbors, and it's kind of oh, great. Oh shit! Okay, and like you know, he's being attacked by dogs, crazy neighbors, and he has to, and he does all like. There's like a great montage in the middle where like he builds like a suit of armor and shit, so that way he can survive his paper route and everything. Okay, I don't know. I don't know if it holds up. But it was a movie I remember <laughs> loving as a kid um yeah some of those movies you remember as a kid you watch now and you're like it's not great but i still have like it, fond memories of it so it, i'm surprised it even has a dvd release i don't think this is an official release at oh, all geez. but i got a release uh which, which has it retitled as gunther and the paper brigade because gunther's name of the lead character i think it's a <laughs> i think that might have been the canadian title so i would okay. not be surprised i don't know if it's just I like own a canadian bootleg <laughs> or something i was more excited to get it than i, than yeah. I should have been nice okay excellent um, I have been purchasing way too many Scream Factory things as you as per usual. I actually nabbed a copy of Return of the Living Dead with Slip the other day because they announced the 4K and people are just taking ridiculously low amounts of money for that. So I got it for like 40 bucks. Wait, what, what was the title? Uh, Return of the Living Dead gotcha. because the uh, the Blu-ray and Slipcover out of print from Sli uh, from Scream Factory. Are they really? Oh, yeah. They've Scream been Factory used to keep updated on their facebook when things were going out of print but i haven't seen that in a while they have a section on their website now that's strictly oop stuff so maybe that's why they don't, haven't said anything but yeah maybe. so because like they used to say before it went out of or like right before um so that way in case you wanted to pick up any copies i usually get uh, emails that say pick these up now before they go and i'm like oh fuck what's going out well, of print now you should do me a favor because i never get those emails anytime something's about to go out of print let me know oh i will forward that over yeah Because sometimes like i'm like i'm waiting for something like oh like you know this is a movie that i want but i don't need to jump on it yeah, i can wait a little bit yeah Okay, yeah, I can send those over. Um, so, yeah, I've been just buying a whole bunch of stuff like that. I just, uh, Child's Play should be here this week. The 4Ks, one through three. Um, Dog Soldiers should be here next month. Fun House should be here next month. Oh, wait, no, this month. It's fucking August now. There's a whole bunch of stuff I pre ordered that's coming soon. So, I spent way too much money. And then they just released um, the Halloween six through eight on 4K uh, as a like a I guess like as a bundle you can't buy them individually and I know why they're doing this because they don't want to fucking take the hit on resurrection not selling so they're making you buy all they, they said it's for licensing purposes 
But we all know it's because no one will buy eight. So they're bundling them all together and you have to buy six, seven, and eight, which is fine. I like, want s- I, I love them all, even the ones that aren't very good. So yeah. I get it. Yeah, I get I it. Mean, like I'm I'm gonna buy them anyways. So yeah, I have a whole bunch of shit coming um from Scream Factory. My goodness. I could not find that section on their website where it mentions what's out of print. Oh, I will I will I will get you that right now. I have a tab open on my phone that just Yeah, it's it's hard to find. You have to like search through it and it's a pain in the ass. So that's why I just kept a uh copy i'm gonna send that to you right now through text message and you can open the link and it'll be like well, here's all this shit that's out of good print. thing good thing this is all good shit to cut out <laughs> <laughs> uh i always say i cut shit out i'm like no fuck this i'm leaving it in well if you only got 45 minutes you're gonna have to cut something i know i probably will um let's see here let's go on to the next thing i need to go back into the there it is all right so a couple of things before we get into this movie We've got some good shit coming out this oh, week. Oh, man, I miss Dance Macabre and Missing in Action. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it happened. I, I saw that the other day. So, yeah, keep that handy. Um, Damn it. <coughs> so. Now I'm pissed. I'm sorry. Do I have Dance Macabre? I might have it, actually. I haven't even seen it. It's just one that I wanted to see. Yeah, Robert England, man. Oh, um, man, I missed out in Full Moon High. Yo, that was a while ago, yeah. Yeah, that one I like. You can always Bang. check, uh, uh, you know, Amazon though, because sometimes, yeah, like Dance Macabre is still there for twenty two bucks, so they might be out of out of print from them directly. But usually, there's some stragglers you can pick up from Amazon that, or that even like I, that was when I picked up Terror Train is when it went out of print. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, be sure to check that. But stuff coming out this week, we've got uh, that new Kevin Bacon joint going straight to Hulu or Peacock. It's they them. And then yeah, that's what I'm excited for. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, it's Peacock. And then we've got Prey, which is that uh, Predator. Like It's coming out this week? Yeah, tomorrow on Hulu. Fuck yeah, yeah, man. And then Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is out in theaters right now. And then next week we've got Fall and one other horror movie. So this month is going to be crazy, crazy good for horror movies. So I'm super excited. I think we're gonna I think me and the wife are going to watch They, Them tomorrow and then probably Prey on Saturday. Hell and yeah. If it comes out, if They, Them comes out tomorrow, that's what I want to watch. Yeah. It's coming straight to you. If you have Peacock, uh, if you have regular Peacock. I have or, Peacock through a friend. Oh, shit. So you have it then. Boom. Um, so, yeah. Be sure to check that out if you've got nothing going on. But um, let's get into this movie here. Oh, my God. Let me drop some shit first, though. Um, I'm going to read it off my phone because I want to be able to see the screen up here. So we've got... Blade, if you haven't seen it, oh my god, you're going to want to after this. So Blade from 1998, released on August 21st. It is rated R for mild sex and nudity, severe violence and gore, severe profanity. We have 44 fucks. That's a lot Did of fucks. Did you count those? No, it says it on the uh, IMDb. Fantastic. Yeah, it says how many fucks or shits or whatever. <laughs> uh, moderate alcohol, drugs and smoking, and moderate frightening and intense scenes. Coming in at two hours, listed as an action horror sci-fi. And it did not really feel like a two-hour movie. For me, it had legs, and it, it, it was felt like... felt a little long to me, but I think really? I was a little tired when okay. I watched it. Yeah, I was sitting there just in awe of what I was watching. I was very, very drawn into that movie. I had a long day the day I watched it, so that might have been part of it. Yeah, because usually two hours for me is about where I'm ready to tap out. But I think I was just so into it, I didn't even, I wasn't even paying attention to the time. Um, directed by a man named Stephen Norrington, with four, four count them, directing credits. Also did Death Machine from 1994, and then The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So there's that. 
David S. Goyer is the writer. He has 55 writing credits. Also did Blade 2 and Blade Trinity, which I've heard Blade 2 is pretty good, but Trinity, not so much. I don't know if you, yeah, you haven't I've seen heard, either I've of those. I've heard the same thing. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> hey, David S. Goyer wrote a lot of really great Batman comics back in the day, too. Oh, did he? He still might be, yeah. Oh, look at you. See, this is why, this is why I like having you on. You have random knowledge that uh, I had no idea about. So um, how, like, how long ago did he do that? I think he might still be doing that. Oh, so okay. Let me double check. That's pretty awesome. Um, I had no idea he did that. Yeah, he he's he's a pretty um, prolific uh, name in the comic book world. Interesting. Yeah. See, I'm not like super huge into those, so I don't know too much information about that. But that's a pretty awesome bit of information right there, which makes sense why he did the Blade movies because those were uh, Marvel comic back in the day, right? If I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. yeah, like I said, I'm not I'm not super into comics, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I knew that Blade was one back in the day. Um, you find out what he's doing, and I'm going to keep going here. Uh, composed by a, a man named Mark Isham. 194 composing credits, which is insane. He also did The Hitcher from 1986. Hardball, Crash, The Mist, The Crazies, and Bill and Ted Face the Music. He was actually the same guy we talked about uh, last episode on The Mist. Guy gets around uh, cinematography by a man named Theo Van de Sand. 114 cinematographer credits. Also did body parts from 1991. Wayne's World, Big Daddy, Little Nicky, and then the Grown Ups movies, which I never saw, but heard were not great. <laughs> Grown Ups one. one and two. At least the second one wasn't that great. I don't know. It's Adam Sandler and all his buddies. Can't be that bad, right? It was fine. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> Just middle of the road. It's, you know, it's it's a middle-of-the-road Adam Sandler movie. All right, that's fair. Uh, I can't seem to find, get a website to load of all the comic books he wrote. But he did. But he's done a bunch of Justice League of America. So Very he's nice. been He's been writing uh, comics since, I believe, the the 90s, actually. Maybe 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 late, maybe early 2000s, late 90s. Righteous. Um, yeah, he wrote some good Batman stuff, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, he wrote a lot of Justice League. Uh, but it's been a while. So, like, if there's a comic book fan out there who's like swearing up and down that I'm getting it wrong, I'm going off of memory, people. <laughs> just, uh, just Fuck shoot off. me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So, starring Wesley Snipes as Blade, you might know him from White Men Can't Jump as Sydney, Demolition Man as Simon, or Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julia Garner. Or Julia Newman. New wait, Julia Ju Garner. Julia Newmar, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. Excuse me. Um, then we've got Chris mm. Christopherson as Whistler, 120 acting credits, was also in A Star is Born as John Norman Howard, Payback as Bronson, and also in Blade 2 slash Trinity as Whistler. And we've I got love Chris Christopherson. Dude's pretty fucking great. Yeah, he was fantastic in this. He's uh, also a pretty decent musician. Is he really? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. He, he kind of had that look. Um, yeah, he was great in this. I'm trying to think of anything else I've seen him in, but like honestly... I don't, I mean, he's got a lot of credits, but I don't think I've seen him. I mean, I'm sure I have maybe, but I'm just not remembering the name, but I, I really enjoyed him in this, uh, as well as Steven Dorff, uh, as Deacon Frost, 101 acting credits was also in the Jesus. gates. Yeah. Uh, the gate as Glenn public enemies as Homer van meter and immortals as Starvos. Um, good dude. And we've got Donald Logue as Quinn, 116 acting credits. So many, like all these actors are fucking get like they got a lot of work. He was in Ghost Rider as Max, Zodiac as Captain Ken Narlo, and Silent Night from he was 2012. All, he was also in a sitcom I used to love, uh, Grounded for Life. Oh yeah, he was the father in, in that show. So all right then, 
Um, and Udo Kier, who's appeared in like the last two fucking episodes as Dragon Eddie, who has 275 acting credits. Also in Suspiria as Dr. Frank Mandel, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective as Camp. And that new show, Hunters, um, as Adolf Hitler. He also was is in one of my favorite like adaptations of Frankenstein, Flesh for Frankenstein. Oh really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, he's in he's in so many things. He like you might not know the name, but if you see his face and hear his accent, you know exactly who it is. Um, yeah. This had a budget of forty five million dollars, grossing one hundred and thirty one million. And according to sources online, uh, apparently this is really what saved like Marvel, I guess, or something like that. Like. Um, this made so much money that it was able to make way for Marvel movies down the road, like Iron Man and stuff like that. I know your friend commented, um, on that post on Facebook. He's like, you better mention that thing about blade making money for the MCU or something like that. Um, so yeah, apparently we can thank this movie for, for saving the MCU or something. The thing. Yeah. yeah, Remember the meme I sent you or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I had no idea, but thank you blade for making all that money. I mean, shit, that's double it's almost three times what they uh spent to make it so that's pretty awesome uh filmed yeah because because like they had um you know they they experimented with some marvel films like they did the punisher with dolph lundgren howard the duck they did a shitty captain america Mm -hmm. uh but it was blade and because of the success of blade they were able to do x-men able to do spider-man able to daredevil which fuck the haters i love daredevil (laughs) and so on and so forth so it kind of kicked it off yeah we can thank this movie for like saving it we can thank this movie for daredevil god damn it yeah oh my god (laughs) um i have a lot of things to thank this movie for uh it's just so good you can watch this on hbo max if you would like uh i've got the 4k and you can rent it on amazon for 2.99 or purchase it for 4.99 if you so choose to movies that came out around the same time we've got disturbing behavior saving private ryan the parent trap basketball which we just talked about (laughs) halloween h2o snake eyes cube and rush hour so that is a pretty good time to be at the movies if i do say so myself um so yeah did you uh so any of the questions on there did you write down any of your favorite moments and kills and such not really i figured we would just kind of come up through through talking that's totally i guess like honestly like my answer for a good chunk of these could just be the first 15 minutes of the movie yeah honestly (laughs) i was so blown away in the first 15 minutes i was like okay all my favorite shit is like happening right now um i do have to say for favorite like kill that fucking train sequence where the dude has his face pushed up against the tra- like the, 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 the moving subway, subway car. Yeah, yeah that was, that, was cool. that was brutal. Um, let me see. I wrote down my favorite kill. It was, um, yo, yeah. Dragon Eddie's kill, uh, was so metal. Uh, oh my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> that oh my so God. Good. And now, now you have to realize about this movie, unfortunately that the seed, the really, the only issue I had was the CG not aging very well, but also it didn't look bad. You I, know I've what I mean? Worse. I've seen yeah, worse. I've it's definitely, definitely seen bad. worse, but it wasn't, I wasn't like, I wasn't mad at it, but I was like, Ooh, that is a little rough, but, uh, it, it did, it did hold up decently. Definitely better than like, you know, mortal Kombat annihilation. Uh, which we won't talk about, but that's really my only, that's really my only gripe with this movie was the CG. Everything else was, it was so well done and the kills were creative 
and uh, Wesley yeah. Snipes was rocking it, shit, man. Like I said, for me, I, I had some issues with the pacing, but I'm also going to say this movie is worth a rewatch because I don't know if my pacing issues came from the fact that I was just... So I've just started a new job, so I've been exhausted from that. Plus, I just went swimming that day, so like I, okay. was, I was just getting tired. You might have been um, just burnt out from the day. <laughs> I might have just been burnt out because like I did enjoy the movie. I think I only gave it three stars in Letterboxd. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. And I feel like I can even see my ra- me raising up to three and a half. Because um, I did like the movie. And what I... I my, my biggest gripe at the time of it was the movie is super fucking cool. There's no... You can't deny that. Like, you know, the Blade's look is incredible. His fucking car is incredible. Chris Christopherson is Whistler. Incredible. Um, it just felt long. Really? Yeah. That was my biggest thing. It just felt long. Uh, I do. I do. uh, I also found Stephen Dorff character uh, Deacon Frost to be really funny because he just felt like the amalgamation of every emo character ever. And I was like, (laughs) man, it's uh, how did Deacon Frost not become the Edward Cullen of his day? (laughs) Like, how is every girl not like uh, like writing Miss Deacon Frost and their Trapper Keeper and every dude wanted to be <laughs> him with that, like his fucking crazy frizz- hair and shit. Dude, like, that hair was like, wild. It was just like strands down in his face, but it was stylized in a way that it didn't look like he was my, homeless. My wife talk, likes to talk about like times in specifically in like the late 90s, early 2000s where people's hair just looked wet all the time. <laughs> and but that was the look like there was like this blonde vampire wearing nothing but like white clothing and her hair just looked like, like she just got out of the shower for the entire movie yeah it was very like uh what oh my god what's her face from matrix i can't believe i'm blanking on this right trinity from the matrix how her hair yeah. was just slicked back it you was know what i think is crazy this that? movie came out before the matrix yeah one year one year before the matrix yes so and I, it's I, like you watch this is like man the matrix granted maybe they matrix might have already been in production and everything but like, yeah man very either, similar one of two things either the matrix owes blade some credit or or which is more this is the more likely option. Probably both movies were in, were in production around the same time. Uh, uh, I'm sure because with a year, with a year difference, I I doubt the, uh, the Wachowskis were able to see blade be inspired by it. Yeah. And then get everything made. Like it just, they both seem to tap into the zeitgeist of what movie audiences were looking for at this time period, everything. And from their, like their cyberpunk, like um, aesthetic, like both movies kind of like, you know, they knew they people they they both movies knew people want to see shit in slow motion. They want to see hot people in fucking leather. They, <laughs> yeah. Um, Don't we all they, they knew all this shit. Like and what I found um I, I'm pulling up my I did write a couple notes. Okay. Uh, I was like, man, one of the notes I had was like this movie is filled with nothing but grunting, muscles, and people holding hands. <laughs> Because I remember there being multiple, a couple yeah. times where people were just holding hands with yeah. each other. And I don't oh, know yeah. why, but I was into it. <laughs> yeah, um, I just, uh, I was, like I said, I was just so taken back by how how just aggressively the movie starts. I mean, you're almost instantly thrown into a fight scene. No, I, and I, I'm I like, this is that. third act shit right here. What's the going first on? The minute of the movie made me laugh because, you know, like, they, they bring up the titles. And you see Wesley Snipes, yeah. all in red. Steven Dorff, all in red. And then the same exact size is show Blade. Blade. <laughs> but I was like, wait, is Blade an actor? Because why is it in the same font, the same, the same size, <laughs> and like 
as everything else. Like you should have made Blade just a couple notches bigger. Just like you know, like just yeah. to separate a little bit. Just like, like a is, couple. Is, is there an actor in here named Blade? Yeah, the, the yeah the main guy is Blade. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I noticed that too. I was like, that was kind of anticlimactic. It should. I know it should have like... been much bigger, like Blade or something. Fade in, fade out. Good grief. Um, I did like so, and it's funny too with vampire movies because you know every the lore is so different with all of them. But this seemed to kind of stick to you know vampires don't like the sun. Uh, especially UV lights in this movie, allergic to silver, but crosses in this universe don't I, do I, shit. I do, I'm, I'm amused that they they can either put on sunscreen or they can put on makeup and be fine. Yeah, because I remember at one point I'm like, "You guys are outside. How are you doing this?" And then they just like put on motorcycle I, I helmets. I love the I'm idea. Like, I like the idea that it's makeup. Yeah. Um, and because like I, I love that Dragon Eddie Udo Kier's character, he had a fucking tan. He looked fine. Everyone else, though, all these younger new vampires are all pasty. I love the idea that this is an intentional look that they've chosen. Yeah. That they actually aren't that pale. Vampires aren't that pale, but they're like, we are the new vampires, and they put on makeup to make themselves look like that. <laughs> That's what I choose to believe is that, like, th they blend in a lot more seamlessly. But you know, Deacon Frost is like, we need a look. Yeah, he stand out. Oh yeah, they definitely had a look that they were going for, and you know, he's like the kind of, you know, vampire going against the rules. And he's also he's also what they call uh, not a pure blood because he was he was turned. So there's people that are born vampires in this movie. And then there's people that are turned and they're like, you know, I guess those would be like the half bloods, you know, equivalent mm -hmm. to like Harry Potter or whatever, um, which I thought that was pretty cool, too, because that's something I've never really seen in vampiric lore is something that was explained like that, like pure bloods and people who are turned aren't considered you know, they're like the new vampires. And then they also, wasn't there also like a cure at some point during this movie for people yes, that that, yes. that were turned, but not people that were born as vampires. So there's a lot of levels to this movie that, that really worked and uh, did stuff with vampires that I hadn't seen. They might exist because I haven't seen everything, but mm -hmm. um, I like the stuff that they did differently in, uh, in this movie while still sticking true to most of the vampire lore. But um, yeah, I mean, so you thought it was a little long. Two yeah. hours, and I mean, yeah, I had two hours. And it, it's not necessarily that the length was long. It just at the time when I was watching it, it just I I could feel that runtime. Mm -hmm. But I'm also going to tra track that up to the fact that, like I said, I just I might not have been in the best headspace for it because I've seen movies where I felt this way about them, mm, yeah. and then I've returned to it and as like, and I didn't feel those problems. And there's also been movies where I loved the first time and the second time. I'm like, mm. nah, yeah, yeah, not for me. Yeah. Like that's how honestly I felt about the first Jurassic World. The first time I saw it, I had a great time with it. And then every sub subsequent time I've watched it, I'm like, eh, I've liked it less. It's okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, that's just so funny because we kind of had different, uh, different experiences because I was so into it. I was on the edge of my seat a lot of the times. I found myself just like completely... Because sometimes, you know, it's easy to get distracted by your phone when you're watching movies. But I was like hooked into this movie the whole time. First time I paused, it was like an hour and 20 to pee. And I'm like, holy shit, this is like almost over. So it's funny that we have, you know, like I said, we had different experiences. I thought the pacing was pretty good. You thought it was. So was there just parts of it for you that were just a little chunky or that just didn't like. like... I just feel like it sometimes took its time to get get to where it's going. Okay, to the yeah. Where like. I just felt like they could have removed um, 10, 20 minutes of this movie and it just would have made it tighter. Yeah. Um, and at times just the plot just felt like a little convoluted. And uh, and I just kept thinking, it's like, man, if we could just trim some of the fat in this movie, I think it would. I don't know. Is there a specific? That, but that's just me. Is there a specific part you were talking about? Where um, it, like a specific I guess thing? Some, some, um, I just feel like some of the subplot with um, 
Blade trying to figure out his origins could have oh, been yeah. just could have been smoother. The, the 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 dynamic between Blade and the female co-star, I can't think of her name at the moment, um, didn't always resonate with me because especially because Blade at times felt like he was giving mixed signals. Yeah. To the point where he saved her, but then was very much like well, you're on your own now. And I just and I couldn't figure out what they were trying to do with that character. And then it, it started. They put it started putting it all together. Um, I don't. It just some of that. And then, um, and this is just, this is just an issue I have with some action films, especially from this time period. Sometimes some of these those those fight sequences just go on for too long. That being yeah, said, you're not you're not wrong. Yeah. That being said, I thought the fight choreography in this film was actually pretty incredible because it felt like the people who are putting these scenes together truly gave a fuck. Yeah. And that's something that I can't say I have seen in anything Marvel related in a while. The last time I have seen like a fight sequence play out where I thought the per- people truly gave a fuck was season one of Daredevil. Is that the God, I don't the one on Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah, I still, I still haven't seen that one. I'm excited for the because I, I guess I got to watch that. But we're getting, you know, what is it? Another limited series of yeah. that with 18 episodes. Oh, oh my god. Um, yeah, the, I, the, they really definitely went all in on this with everything. There was a lot of good. Um, there's a lot of creative use of CG. That oh like, yeah, yeah, very creative use for that, especially for the time. Like I said, and, and I should specify, I didn't dislike the movie. I yeah. just wasn't head over heels for it. I was okay. Like I liked this, I'd probably end up buying it, and I'd definitely rewatch it. It just, um, it just didn't blow me the way. It blew me away. Interesting. Okay. It is better than some of the other ones that I've professed love for. It is better than the Ben Affleck daredevil movie in every way mm. shape and form i just have a fondness for that because i grew up with it but it's a better movie than that it's a better movie than it might i think it's even probably a better movie than most of the x-men sequels it's just for whatever reason my time watching it at this this most recent time it's like hey this is a good fucking movie i just wasn't i just didn't love it i would love to uh whenever you do rewatch just check in with you just to see if anything changed because you said you gave it a three bro i I, like i gave it i could see it i could see just even after this conversation going up to about a three and a half i won't lie okay because i gave i gave it a four and a half because i I just like dude this is this like checks every single box and as like i said besides the kind of scg and some kind of flat characters throughout like you said some there's a little bit of unnecessary storyline that's why i didn't give it a five but dude i Loved it, and it's. I think it's going to be funny because if we do both rewatch, I'm wondering if mine's going to go down at all, and how much yours is going to go up. I'm and, really, and I'm really curious. Be, like you know, yeah. you, you came off the high of watching a really fucking good movie. Yeah. Um. And I and I get that. And like I said, I I, I just want to really keep specifying that it's not that I disliked this movie at all. Right. Um. It's just um like I said, it just didn't work on me as well as I was expecting it to. Yeah. And I hadn't, I didn't really know what to expect because I don't really know the source material. I just know it's Wesley Snipes looking like a badass, and he's like half vampire, which is cool. And I did kind of like the explanation of that, uh, of how he came to be. So essentially when his mom was pregnant with him, she got bit by a vampire, died during childbirth, but he survived. So he was like, you know, he has the cravings for blood, but he's okay with like the garlic or whatever. He can go in sunlight. So it was interesting to see a half vampiric person. I thought that was pretty, like I said, the story itself to me was just so like completely original. Um, I just was like, I don't know. I just, I was so into it and uh, a lot of good fight scenes. I mean, seriously, that first one that we saw about a couple minutes in 
like I said, I was like, this is third act level of commitment. Holy shit. Like I was just immediately blown away by all the stuff they were doing. Um, trying to think of some other fun parts that were good. Oh, his sword too. Or, or I guess oh his, my God, his blade. Sword. And then like, <laughs> I was waiting for like when they first showed that it like the hilt can like grow, has spikes shoot out of it. I'm like, Oh, that's going to pay off in a really cool. Oh part. yeah. And I loved the running joke of, of Donald Logue's character. Uh, Quinn just losing his hand. Yeah. <laughs> he loses one, grows it back, that's loses a, the a, other. Donald Logue was one of my favorite parts of this movie. It's like, he is the gift that keeps on giving in this movie. And especially when, uh, Deacon Frost went to go, he's like, here, get put out your arm. And he goes to cut off his arm again. And he holds his sword up and goes, and he's like, no, nah, I'm just kidding. That was so fucking funny. Cause I thought he was going to chop off his hands again. Again, it's like no, nah, I'm just kidding. I was like, that was unnecessary I also humor. Like the especially it works for the time period, like the like um the like addition of like all of, like this like computery hacker shit. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. It, like I found that really amusing. Like oh, we're gonna learn about this ancient vampire god through a computer. <laughs> yeah, which was you know like for... not to, like I guess there is ancient text and everything. I was yeah. just, I loved like how like super advanced like th these vampires are i just found that but it's like ah, oh, you guys i guess you guys had a, a lot of time to run up on computers yeah seriously you guys have been around for so long uh recently it was like uh la magra i think it was like they needed 12 souls to resurrect this ancient vampire thing and you know they get blade to you know um draw his blood and stuff like that it was just so wild by the time the third act came around i was like this is like uh it's pretty awesome it's it is a little heavy with plot you know so you do have to be paying attention if you're if you're not fully focused it might some... and, the, and maybe that might have been some of it too because like yeah. i was i was like in ready for like i don't want to say dumb action movie because that's that downplays what this movie is trying to do. I guess I just wasn't expecting it to be as dense as it was. Yeah. And that might've been what was affecting my overall enjoyment. Cause I was, you know, um, cause like when this movie works, it works so fucking well. It's just, I guess during some of these more like, um, um, exposition -y scenes, like that's when it wasn't working as well for me. Like the fact that like, I think Whistler had like a five, it felt like a five minute scene just explaining everything it's like ugh, there's probably oh yeah more effective ways to do this when he was explaining it to um oh my god yeah what was her name oh my god i should know this i i told i talked about her but yeah when he's talking to what's her face about blade and his condition and how he became a vampire yeah that was a whole like he went in that was like a five minute monologue of him just explaining stuff that probably could have been shortened down or explained dr karen jensen there we go yeah when he was explaining you know his blade's condition and uh, everything he has to do to keep him alive. Because, you know, Whistler found him when he was and I, very and I young. Love they I love that they kept cutting back to him, just like uh, sitting stoically in the corner and like meditating and shit. I just felt yeah. funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, Whistler found him, I guess, when he was a kid on the streets, and he kind of took him in under his wing and has been taking care of Blade for ages now. Because he also ages like a human. He doesn't age like a vampire, so, which is a cool, which is a cool addition. Yeah. So just combining those aspects of human and vampire together was just very interesting. On top of what was going on in the story with La Magra or Marja or whatever it was called, and summoning this ancient like vampiric entity. So there was just yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot going on for sure. And I guess if I hadn't been paying attention, I probably would have been like, this movie was was not as good as I wanted to. 
but I didn't even pick up my phone. I was like hooked into it. I was like, this is so cool. So um, I'm excited to check out Blade too. But I, I know, like I know, I've I've just seen the ratings on Trinity, so I'm not super super stoked for that. But I've heard Blade hey, Two is pretty solid. Blade Two, at least Del Toro. Del Toro. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with Del Toro. So um, yeah, that's gonna be a movie we'll probably have to review at a later time. But yeah, this this movie seriously, it's it was a lot of fun. I like that we had different experiences because that's good for listeners. Um, if, and I you know, still I want to say I I still highly recommend it. Yeah, it's um, I have the 4K back here somewhere. But yeah, the 4K looked fantastic. The sound mix on it for me. How, how did you watch it? Did you watch it like digitally or did you have? Uh... Oh, I watched. I watched it on HBO Max. HBO Max. Okay. I I, I was actually really <laughs> impressed with with the sonic quality of it. Uh, HBO Max, at least currently, has some of the I think best uh, picture and sh- on audio streaming quality. And let's hope this Discovery Plus merger doesn't fuck that up. Yeah, I'm kind of nervous about that, but I will agree. HBO Max right now, HBO is like the best streamer out there. It is not not only do they have like the best content and shows and movies, they have yeah some of the best looking uh, quality and uh, you know g- um, good sound as well. But yeah, I, I really enjoy. It. I think I had seven one on. I think I, th- well, I mean I think the um, 4K is an Atmos, but you know it downgrades on my system. But it sounded amazing, looked amazing. You're still you're still using the seven one soundbar combo yeah right? so it still sounded great but i would i would love to hear yeah, that like, on like a streaming, full streaming for the most part other than it's you know is is five five point one okay. 5.1 with atmos and like i said it really gave my speakers a workout and, nice um because usually what i do is i try to set my volume so that it's comfortable that i can hear dialogue um and then my hope is that everything else doesn't blow me it doesn't you know raised too high for decibels so i try to find a nice uh level and it's like i love that the action scenes were nice and loud yeah and i'm also an audio nerd who tries to protect my hearing so (laughs) i have a sound pressure level meter out uh on my watch so that way i get a notification if my volume tips too high for too short or too long of a period of time so i know it take down a notch or two nice okay and uh and i the the scenes were great and they're nice and loud but uh dialogue clarity was stellar and just um uh, um, yeah, good sound staging. More, this is all nerdy shit that no one cares about, but it, it sounded really good. No, yeah, I thought it was well balanced because a lot of times movies will be very low with uh, dialogue and very high with like intense moments, but this was very balanced all the way through, and I, I really enjoyed it. So this is a movie I will highly recommend. You can check it out on HBO Max. You can buy the 4K. You can buy the Blu-ray. It's it's available. You can buy the fucking triple feature with all three of them in there on Amazon if you want. But um, yeah, I can't recommend this movie enough. And oh, then, and the 4K gets a really high recommendation from a friend of mine. Oh, okay. Uh, named Stephen Bjork. He, uh, he, yeah, he, he's, he's. T- I think he wrote a review about it for uh, one of the websites he writes for, and he had a lot of really good stuff to say about it. Righteous. Okay. Cool beans. Um, I'm still down to discuss some stuff if you'd like. I'm going to end it here for the show so I can uh, keep it under two and a half hours. Um, so tell everyone, oh, if you have your stuff up, if you want to pull up your stuff to tell people where to find you. Um, you're, I know you're on Facebook, Shameless Picture yep. Show. We are on Facebook at the Shameless Picture Show. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Shameless Picture Show. I am on TikTok at Shameless Picture Show. Yeah. I think the only one that might be going under a slightly different name is Twitter, which I don't use all that often. <laughs> Twitter, and I think yeah. on there we are shameless pod. One second. Perfect. <laughs> but most importantly, come find us over on the Cinepunks Network. 
That is www.cinepunks.com, and Cinepunks is spelt with an X, not a uh, not a C K S. Uh, and on that website, on the Cinepunks website, you'll find a lot of other po- podcasts, much like myself. Uh, you'll find um, a very popular horror one called Twitch of the Death Nerve. You'll find a Cinema Smorgasbord, the aforementioned Cinepunks, their um, their own in-house podcast, and a bunch of other cool shit. I love it. I love it. Um, you can find us on Facebook, too, at Frightmares Podcast, Instagram, and Slasher app at Frightmares underscore pod. Nope, that's Twitter. Just kidding. Instagram and Slasher app at Frightmares Podcast. Uh, Outlook at, or stay spooky at Outlook.com is our email. I am Dr. Proctor on Letterboxd. What is your handle name tag on Letterboxd, sir? It's Virus 10 2008 I love it. So yeah, go follow yeah, them. Apparently that's my name. Go figure. Go figure. <laughs> go follow them on everything. Do it now. Go watch Blade. If you haven't liked our page yet, go check out our page too. Just like all the things. Send them or uh, drop them like a review on uh, Google or Apple or wherever you review your podcast. Same for us. Uh, me and Corey will be back next week, finally doing the Ty West joint. Um, and then after that, who knows? So tune in next week and stay spooky, everybody. Bye.